Yo, normally I never would do this, so uh, you're, it's going to look a little different, sound a little different. I'm at my house right now. Uh, I just found out the file I recorded for this intro somehow got corrupt and didn't upload in time, so either I could get this video done right now or it would take a couple days to get to you guys early, so sorry about that. Anyway, today's special guest, Cash Motherfucking Bunny. Yeah, Cash Bunny, man. Her story of how she got to where, if you don't know who she is, she's like a viral VFX artist, okay? That's what I would call her. Like the cre the creations that she's been making, she works with Ari Farroy. You can hear his podcast, he was on Black Widow Cream. Um, started following her a while back. She brought me out on a shoot with her, Jada Pinkett Smith, and we shot at the MTV Music Video Awards. And I was like, you gotta get on the podcast, please. Um, and she did it, so now we have it. And uh, the story is crazy. Her climb to getting to where she is now is actually really wild. Um, mad inspirational so I'm excited to share that with y'all and uh, yeah it's a good episode it's a good episode um, shout out to Cash she's got the illest fucking profile <laughs> go go look at her Instagram right now and you'll understand what I'm talking about that's why brands keep hitting her up not motherfucking stop that's why people like Will Smith shout her out on his Instagram um, she's a go so yeah this is gonna be a good episode um, other than that I don't think there's anything else I should uh, tell you guys about the How to Charge a Client Guy is available. Um, if you don't have that yet, you should definitely cop. Shop BWNC.com. That's how you can get it. Um, we cover everything of how to go about charging your clients and some new theories and ideas of ways that you can kind of raise the bar when, when you're charging your clients next. It's based on my last 10 years of experience in this shit. And um, I definitely learned the hard way. So I think this this is a, a simple solve for y'all. Um, and the reviews we've gotten have been amazing. So. Definitely check it out. It's only $25. It's on shopbwc.com. If you want it, uh, plus all the perks on our Patreon, we give a ton of, uh, you know, bonus podcast episodes and you get the guide when you, when you become a Patreon member and did private discord, all kinds of dope shit. You can get that. Patreon.com slash black window cream. My AC just turned on, so the audio probably just got even shittier. Sorry again about having to record this on my iPhone, but, uh, it's better than no podcast. So without further ado, I bring to you. Cash motherfucking bunny, right? Motherfucking now! Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah. You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... <gasps> Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you'd say that. And we are back with another Black with No Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, okay? Ben Real Verse World. So am I able to say your real name? I was actually just thinking we should have talked about that. Mike. Oh. Got a teacher. I, I, Mike. Yeah, sorry. Um, I would like to go by Cash. I like that. I think I'm going to take it off the internet. Her government name is... You're going to take off Bunny? No, Cash Bunny, but I'm saying I'm taking I'm taking my government name. I think I'm just gonna not let anybody know it anymore. I fuck with that. All right, Cash Bunny in the house. Hey. <sighs> um, normally behind a computer. Yes. Sometimes behind a camera. I, technically, I'm kind of still behind a computer. Yeah, so. technically. Yeah. So I feel Touche. That's dope. Um, your talents in production is pretty ridiculous. Thank you. Feed on 10. Thank you. <laughs> we and Dave, Dave put me onto you forever ago. Shout out Dave. I got re-put onto you through Ari, but I remember following you and then he's like, oh, that's who I work with. I'm like, oh shit, now it's all starting to make sense. And then I realized like the whole squad. So we had Ari on here like, damn, that was a long time ago. That was like 
la- early, maybe the beginning of this. Damn, I don't even know when yeah, that was. Yeah, I don't remember. It was it a while was a, back. It was a while back because I've been following you for a while. We're and still in I the kitchen. I found him and this whole podcast through Ari. Shout out Ari. Yep. His Ari's name will man. come up, I'm sure, a bunch of times during this. Ari Ferraroy. Ferraroy. I slaughtered his name when he was on the. <laughs> it podcast. wasn't too bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but Ari's, Ari's a beast. You two have like a very distinct style that you bring to Instagram specifically. Mm-hmm. Do you use Twitter much? I've been trying to more content wise or is it just more Eh, so for your like bullshit kind of yeah just to get rid of thoughts in my brain that don't really belong on Instagram right just stupid shit really I um yeah I always I don't know the way you guys attack Instagram and have your feed set up and the way you guys create loops is like so ridiculous if you're not following her definitely check it out cash money and also the name is so far how did you come up with the name oh good question um so Back in the day, this is probably maybe eight years ago or something, when I first started getting into like the rave scene in New York. I used to live in New York. Um, my friends and I would always wear bunny ears, and that happened because we went to uh, one of my first festivals, Electric Zoo, and everyone, so it was the second time I went, and everyone wears costumes and carries around totems, and that's how they find each other. What the and hell? So, yeah, and so I was like, you know what? I want to, we should have a costume. Right. So I went to the Halloween store, and of course it was uh, September, so they didn't really have a lot of stuff. So the only options were bunny ears or halos because I, I just wanted to wear something that was like a little bit more festive than like a t-shirt yeah so it's like all right they're both kind of lame but like i think bunny ears is a little bit cooler than like halos <laughs> halos are pretty yeah, bad right, right. so uh got us some bunny ears and then we just kept you know running into people making friends at the festival and we'd say hey look out for us tomorrow we're gonna have the ears and so you know we wore it the next day we wore it the next day and then it just kind of became a thing where we wore it all the time whenever we would go out to parties and i was like big in like the the rave scene the party scene in new york yeah and we'd always wear our ears and it, you know as soon as you walk into a club you know if we're there because it's so easy Damn. to spot so and so we were wearing the ears for a really long time and we were known as the bass bunnies the bass bunnies that was our that That's was a our hard thing. name the bass bunnies <laughs> we're the bass bunnies and we love yeah we love like dubstep and like lots of edm stuff um but wait, are you talking about you guys would just go as spectators to the music? Yeah. So people, it's we like the, the crowd can become famous in EDM. Absolutely. Interesting. We were, and, I mean, we were, I was more involved in the music scene, uh, which I'm sure I'll get into in a little bit. Yeah. But basically we were known for having these bunny ears and that was always kind of like our thing for years. Right. Um, and then I was also doing video stuff, but uh, I did some video stuff before I got into the rave scene. Um, and then once I got into the rave scene, wasn't doing really as much video, was really just focusing on like nightlife. Yeah. Um, but I needed a video name and I was like, okay, so like cash, media cash, and then bunny, I'm already a bunny, I've been a bunny for years, and it's like cash money. So hard. Everyone always thinks he, did you just say that the other day? He's like, cash money, What's, what were you talking about? Or whatever, I was like, cash bunny. Cash bunny, and it's not cachet bunny. Set the record straight right, right now. And also I love Lil Wayne. Shout out Lil Wayne, <laughs> Hill Weezy. We're doing a cash money doc right now with Spotify. Like a short form doc for, it's gonna be a cool oh little thing. God. Yeah, it's dope. Are you gonna meet Lil Wayne? No, I don't think so. Damn. I don't know if they're if that's a thing right now. Are they? I don't that's know. Split. Yeah, there's a little lawsuit thing going on. Dang. Yeah, it's more I'm not so, up to date. It's all good. <laughs> but um, if you don't know what, like, so if you use Premiere, if you use pretty much any program, an application like that, or you have, say, Google Chrome, and people are always like, delete your cache. Mm-hmm. That's what cache is, people, and not cache because yes. you're a fucking nerd. So <laughs> that's where that comes from. All right, so yeah so you made a bunch of shit you've worked with like I've, i'll say it preface it in the intro before this whole thing but can you name off some of the more recent clients that you've had because you got some wild ones um will smith shout clear, out clear winner shout out will smith shout out jazz davis for making that whole thing possible and suggesting me uh or recommending me 
Um, dang, I'm like drawing a blank. Who else? Have I, uh, I've been doing some stuff for Virgin Voyages, which That's is a dope. new cruise line like under the umbrella of Virgin. So I've been like they awesome client they basically send me off to like go to cool destinations and just capture whatever i want so that's a really cool one so sick um who else have I been? uh puma just signed a deal with puma got some hp stuff going on i've worked with you know coachella red bull so um, many people bunch of stuff yeah it's i feel like you've created kind of like you're the go-to person of like an ideal creator that these clients want just to get the most fire bite size shit bite size is like my jam yeah for sure and like there's been a lot of offers for music videos or like kind of bigger projects and i'm just you know right now i'm just saying as a blanket rule not doing it really i really want to focus on bite size stuff and like i will absolutely get into music video when i was like 16 years old first thing i ever made was a music video always said i want to be a music video editor slash director that's always what i wanted but like right now it's just not the time and like bite size is where it's at but you did you did just do a wiz khalifa carnage not a music video. It wasn't a music video. No, it was just like was a just social little thing. Mm-hmm. Oh dope. yeah, Wiz Carnage. But it felt like a music video. Like it could have easily been a scene from a music video. Yeah, it well that was like the set. The set was so cool. It's like it was. it's actually this Instagram like museum thing. I don't know if you've seen those. People have been up. talking about this shit. Where was it at? Is it in, that's it's in up LA? in Glendale or okay. like Pasadena or something? And it's it's in a shopping mall. So it's in a shopping mall with like Jeezy and Wiz Khalifa. Super <laughs> weird. It's like literally just walk in the mall and then there's like a this Instagram museum thing there and they have these sets that are it's made for people to go there take, and take yeah. Instagram pictures which is still very weird to me do people pay to get into it people pay oh my god man it's weird right yeah it's but like it's I mean it's cool it's the set, yeah the sets are really really sick so they had like this you know room with big roses and they have like the rainbow tunnel thing um, and then the tinfoil room and it's all perfectly lit to be photographed. So the tinfoil room, you didn't even, that wasn't, you guys just went in and shot there. Yeah, so we just went on, and it was great. And then we just took the 360 camera and just went to town. <laughs> so ridiculous. It was dope, yeah. How did that come to be? We'll um, get into all this stuff later, but. So my roommate, uh, her name is Rosanna. Shout out Rosanna Ziggy. She's Hi. an awesome creator. Um, she is Carnage's main like creative director. Oh, dope. Yeah, and so they wanted um, some like video stuff around this release. I'd actually worked with uh, not Carnage. Uh, yeah, no, Carnage's manager Joe on Shaq's Funhouse a while back. Okay, and so he kind of knew me, and then like total crazy like uh, coincidence was that Rosanna. He knew Rosanna and I separately, and then it turned out we were roommates. And he was so like, wild. "What is going? Like we we like face or send him a picture together or something?" Because he was talking to me about Shaq and her about Carnage at the same time. We're like, "Hey, we're in the same room right now." He was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, and there was actually. Three of us, because um, do you know Transition Ninja? Yes. Yes. I don't know him, but I follow. So he was there too, and he worked with Shaq. He, I was with him at Shaq's Funhouse, and it was all three of us in the house editing at the same time. We were like, hey, Joe, what's up? And he was like, like, what's happening? Fucking insane. Or what's that movie called with Leonardo DiCaprio? Um, Inception. Inception shit. Yes. Yeah. It was like, uh, yeah, it was just crazy. He was like, what? So random. Small world. Yeah, it is small world. We were just talking about, like, we did an episode the other day called The Six Degrees of Separation. Have you heard of that whole thing? I have. Well, I was referencing the one that I heard about where everyone's six degrees um, has a, everyone has six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. Right. Have you heard of that? That's the classic. Yeah. Okay, right. So we brought that up when we talked about it, but it is actually crazy how you know, it, like whoever you could ever want to like work with technically or meet or whatever, like you're always just like, six degrees away from that shit or less or less mm-hmm. which is insane it's crazy 
Damn. And it's so true. And Instagram makes that so apparent. I know. Or like social media, I should yeah. say. Makes it's just it like so apparent. Algorithms and shit are like suggesting things. It's like, damn, how do they know about that? Yeah. It's crazy. I just watched a movie or a Netflix thing on that. What? Yesterday. The Hack. I haven't heard of it. It's not good. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> but it, But it's, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, I don't recommend it, but it, it covers that. The guy who directed is just sitting here like sad as fuck watching this interview. Yeah, he's like, damn, I'm still going to follow her. <laughs> so, okay. So it's black on a cream. You're definitely not drinking. Uh, she ain't Call me out black. right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Guys. It's a, what lots is this? Lots of cream. Black with lots of cream. Black with, okay, cool. So, so like, tan. The guy downstairs suggested that I drink uh, this fucking coconut water because I said I was dehydrated, which is weird. I don't really drink coconut water. How is it? It's pretty good. It's good? Yeah. I would would do it again, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know anything about that shit. I'm picky about coconut water. Are you? Is there yeah. like different coconuts you yes. prefer? What? Well, no, not different coconuts, but there's different... Br- the brand stays very different. Like okay. The um, the blue one, I don't know what it's called. It's good. I don't know anything about coconut game. It's weird. Word. It's a weird taste. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> sidetracking too much. I knew that was going to happen. Black window cream, that means I, I want to try to tell your story, okay? So like... Yeah. I want to know kind of when all this shit started um, early on when you started getting creative or seeing like a form of creativity inside of you that you found interesting. Do you remember like when that first started for you? Were um, you playing with cameras early? and No. No? I was always much more into video editing than yeah. I ever was into cameras. Um, like video wise, I started when I was 16. Should we start a video? Because like before that, I was a child actor. What? So Girl, that goes all the way, way back. back. All right, wait, where are you from? Jersey. Jersey. From Jersey. Kids out there acting? Mm-hmm. To be in Jersey Shore someday? <laughs> it's like a farm for that? They're just like getting everyone No, the farm is Staten Island for Jersey Shore. Staten Island? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's where they come from. Damn. Those aren't Jersey people. Don't judge. I guess. Um, I remember going to Jersey one time, or New, New Jersey, right? Yeah. Same thing? Yeah. And I was like, damn, this is where that show's at. It's where the show is. And uh-huh. I, I, they were, I think, in Seaside, and that's where we used to go after prom and stuff. Like, that's where I had my summers. <laughs> and it's very real that those people are in Jersey, but really, like, the Jersey Shore people with the accents, yeah. that's more like Staten Island. Right. And the tan and all that. That's yeah. kind of more Staten Island. So funny. But I was a little bit of that. So you're Jersey. Yeah. You're in Jersey. Childhood acting. What the fuck? Yeah, when I was, like, six. So my sister, I have an older sister, Jane. Shout out, Jane. She is five years older than me, and she. some of her friends in school were doing like some background, like extra work. Um, and so she wanted to do She started doing it, and then I started doing it as well. And, um, or sorry, my mom would bring me to her stuff because I was just too young right, right, right. to be home alone or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So she would bring me, and then on one set, the director needed somebody. He said, hey, you, come over here. You're going to be the, the kid going to the fountain or whatever. And I liked it, and I kept doing it, and um, actually like had a little bit of success with it, like, just for just for a small uh, period, but like I was on Broadway. What? Super random. Yeah, when I was like seven, I was on Broadway for a little bit in a Shakespearean play. Holy shit! I know that's that's a truth that's bomb right tight. there. <laughs> Super random. Did like some like uh, you know small parts in commercials and stuff. I was really good at voice acting. That was like kind of my my bread and butter. Voice acting. Voice acting. I was, at age seven. Yes. What? For like Disney, Disney and stuff like that. Like what? Like when they're like the rainbow or whatever when they draw <laughs> the shit with the magic wand. Yeah, like I did like a. <laughs> or what? I don't know what they say. Uh, a Lycos. Lycos was like I think it was like a search engine or something like that. I did a Hasbro jingle. I did like all sorts of random uh, like voiceover stuff. Sometimes I uh, Cirque du Soleil. Sometimes I go for the audition. And the crazy thing is when you go for an audition for a voice thing. You're, rec- you're in a studio recording. So you read the, the sides and 
sometimes they'll just send you a check and they'll just use the audition. So like voice acting is the best. Damn. You don't have to get ready. There's no long set to be at. You just go do an audition. Sometimes you just nail it and then that's the end of it. So I did that for a while. Um, And then when I was maybe eight or nine, I told my mom, I want to stop. I just want to be a little kid for a while. And she was absolutely receptive to that. Shout out mom. (laughs) Um, And and yeah, then I stopped for a while, got back into it for like a year and then then that was it. but that's so random. So that was actually my first like job. Was your sister as active? No, she did some extra work for a while and then I think she kind of got over it. It was just a thing. It, yeah, it was I think it was kind of like a trend within her like scene at school right. and she was kind of over it, but I I didn't really continue for that long. I think when I f- that first job that I did was probably I was 6 and by the time I was like 8 or 9, I was out. And I did dip back into it when I was maybe like 13 for a very small period of time. And then I was just over it. Was it like actually, do you actually like make a lot of money? It's like all the child labor laws and shit. So it's like SAG or something or whatever that yeah. rule is. Yeah, yeah. So I was in SAG. Um, and actually, like they do have laws uh, where like, you, you know, you can't work X amount sure. of hours yeah, per right. day and stuff like that. And actually in the Broadway show, I was too young to have the role on my own. So we had to split the role. So it's 50-50. I took half the night or half the performances and this other girl Zena Gray who is Alex Gray's daughter who she like did some good acting jobs as well she was the other half of the role so we would share the role what the hell I know it's really weird and also uh, I'm going off topic here but just fun fact they used to not have to have your parents there for when you were in the green room being like tutored or um, I was so young I don't even really know but Basically, my mom and a couple of the other moms lobbied to get that law changed and actually made that law change so that the parents could always be with the kids, which obviously is the right move. Like they were trying to, the rule before was that the parents weren't allowed there? Right. Sometimes they would say, no, you can't be here. And they were like, absolutely not. I'm not going to leave my seven-year-old with strangers. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. So random. Yeah, so they like lobbied and like got it changed. That's crazy as fuck. I know. (laughs) That's so weird. I know. It's like crazy to think about. I was so young. It was all, you know, just a whirlwind. So then, I mean, was that like, I mean, were you into were you ever watching TV and shit like at the time and seeing that and be like, oh, I want to be this person. I want to be on TV. Like I want to be. Okay. So not necessarily. I mean, like, I guess that was kind of in my head, but it was really when I got back into it. So when I did that small little dip back in when I was like 13, uh, I did this Nickelodeon like promo thing. It was like a one minute, uh, like sizzle of a show that was never actually made. Um, but when I was doing that, they let me go into the studio and see the editor. Oh shit. His bay and what he was doing. That's dope. And I walked in there, I remember feeling like, like, ooh, this is like a secret I'm not supposed to know. Yeah. You know, it felt like I was like, had this inside information and he had this big, beautiful spaceship. Spaceship like. Yes, it was like a spaceship and he showed me what he was doing and I remember just like my eyes were like huge and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And I think that's kind of what got it in my head of like, that's an option. Right. That's somebody does that. And yeah. like, I kind of want to do that. And right. then I realized like, I kind of wanted to go to the other side huh. of the camera. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. So okay. So fast forward. Yeah, I was gonna say Let's so. How, actual video. <laughs> yeah. Well, how? I mean, like in between that was it just you just got off it for a while and you were just kind of like, man, I'm just gonna grow up. Yeah, just high school, normal right. kid stuff. Um, and then so fast forward to I think it was about 16, 15 or sixteen. Um, I was at my uh, aunt's house with my cousins and my mom and my aunt 
literally just wanted to like have some time away from the kids and we were super annoying and like always you know bothering them so they said here take this camera she got a new camera go make something leave us alone essentially and so I went out back with my uh, little cousins and or my one little cousin and I shot with her just got some random clips and the camera and this is back in 2006 so this is like a pretty long time ago and the camera came with this editing software called ULED ULED U-L-E-A-D probably does not exist anymore hopefully not it was like on a DVD with the camera <laughs> yeah and so we went and shot for you know an hour or two or whatever in the backyard and then I don't know how and I've thought about this a lot I have no idea how I figured out how to import the footage right. set up the editing software make an edit add music like I had no idea what I was doing but I did it and um, in a day, you know, it was just like a quick, fun thing. And somehow I put a video together. And then, you know, at the end of the day, we called our parents over. We're like, hey, check out our video. And like they were crying and they were like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. Like, this is beautiful. And then right after that, my mom did some research, figured out, OK, what is the editing software that she will need? Damn. Um, got me Final Cut. And I had cameras, but like, honestly, I was always kind of intimidated by cameras. I did not know how to use them and I always for some reason felt more comfortable editing and more inspired editing. Right. So then for a while, so I was like 16 then, then that's when I really started getting into into video and I was making it a lot and that was like, that was after that point, I think after receiving like such validation from my mom and my aunt of like how much they really loved what we made and being like, wow, I can actually do this. Like that was my first go. Like I could probably do better and I wanna keep doing this because obviously it's something that like people are responding to. Yeah. Um, and f- after that, that became like something that I identified myself with. And mm-hmm. in school, I was like the video person. And like, I want to take, I took, finally got into like a video production class. And I ended up like teaching, the teacher would tell me, you take this half, I'll take that half. And I would like teach the class. Jesus. And I don't, I really don't know like how I was learning so much. I think I was really just doing it a lot. And was it Final Cut what? Five or? It was Final Cut, it wasn't Pro. Right. It was like light, whatever yeah. the light one the was. Earlier, I feel like it wasn't early. No, it was like the, the like not even full version because we couldn't afford the full version. Yeah, it we was expensive. Got, it was like twelve hundred dollars or fifteen or three thousand. I don't remember. It was some obnoxious amount of money. It was a lot, yeah. And so we just got the light one, um, and I was using it a lot. And of course, the computer was from two thousand six. Mm-hmm. So it was awful. And I I had this one project. I don't know how I met these people, but I did this music video for this guy. And he, like, I, I did an effect back then. I just watched that video again. And it's, again, crazy looking back on it, how I figured any of this right. stuff out. Um, I made, like, you know, like, like a sound wave, how it has, like, if you're looking at, like, an old stereo and it has a bunch of boxes. Yeah. And it'll go, like, up yeah, and yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. So, like, a bunch of them, right? So, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so I made that manually. And every time that I would add one little box, it would have to render like overnight. Oh my God. It got, and every time I would add one, it would get worse and worse and worse. And like, I just looked back at the video and the it looks actually, you know, legit. Of course that now that would just be a drag and drop right. thing easily. That's insane. But yeah, I was like, even back then I was just like, I want to push whatever limit I can and I want to do something crazy and like make it really cool. I, I remember getting, going from like, you know, iMovie, you skipped that then. I was never into iMovie. You just went straight to Final Cut, which yeah. is so dope. Yeah. I had like iMovie and 
or whatever. And I knew Final Cut was like the wave. Mm-hmm. And I ran into a teacher. I had like my first like she taught us how to do like slideshows and shit in like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And she had it because she was like some I don't know what they. I hope this program still exists and I want this because Apple had at the time like an ambassador program for teachers and would give them product to test and then review and write back and like give like their opinion mm-hmm. and I caught her one night when she was wasted and she like at a party and I was like drive I was like their driver in a golf cart oh my god <laughs> super random and uh she was coming back and she had told me on the way into the party when she was sober I just got this final cut I'm like oh my god that's like a dream and on the way back she's like you should take it and test it and I like held her to it and got it and I was like terrified <laughs> jumping into it because yeah. it was like it was a pro but it was like final cut seven or five I can't remember but you had all the discs and like Right. You remember like oh, 10 discs or something, but I, right. to learn, I'm interested to know how you, I don't know. You just said it's kind of, you don't even know how you did it, but like, I, I remember there was a book and mm-hmm. I had bought like my dad, maybe got the book somewhere and I was like reading it. It was like literally a book tutorial. That's right. I remember you told me that. Yeah. That's crazy. I definitely never saw the book. It's, I don't know. That's ancient history. Yeah. I might have it. At, I think I have it at my parents' house. That would be cool to see. It would be. I think it came with a disc and you could like work along with the pro- It's basically like doing online tutorials now, but I was mm. literally reading. No one was talking to me. There was, mm. I don't think that shit existed. How are you learning? You don't know? I was just practicing a lot. Just trying just things. Just trying things. And like, I think, I don't know, a lot of it I think was just natural. I think, that, you know, those programs are relatively user, user friendly. Um, and like, you know, when I was doing earlier edits, I'm sure, of course I was doing a lot of things wrong or like the hard way or the long way. Um, but like, I once I understood that there were keyboard shortcuts and like I think back back before I was using shortcuts I was like thinking well I don't you know I don't need those like I get around just fine and then I realized oh wow (laughs) it's so much easier you know just to have like these quick things and then I got really obsessed with like learning all of them and then being as quick as I could and like okay let me see how much I can just not even use the mouse I just want to do and like still and when I switched over to Premiere it was the same thing of like let me let me rig these shortcuts. Let me write my own or like, you know, in, enter yeah. my own so that I can just do everything and import clips and whatever with no mouse. Right. And that was always like, it's just, it's almost like a game. It's yeah. fun to like figure it out. Right. You know, and just be like, ooh, well, what if I, you know, I can figure out how to drop the clip into the timeline, but then I'll still have to click back onto the source. How do I get rid of that click onto the source? Yeah. Okay, let me add another shortcut that'll highlight the source when, you know, stuff so like that. Funny. Yeah, and it, it's fun. And then you could just like rock and roll right. and just listen to music and go crazy. Were you, um, at the time, was it like, your footage that you were shooting yourself or what were you using to edit or like what content were you very editing? good question um i in high school i guess i was shooting a little bit i had a camera but like i was never stoked on what i was shooting nor did i ever like love shooting that yeah. much like it was it kind of felt like a chore a little bit and like all right now i have to like find a location and like plan it and like i would always feel a little bit bad like asking people to come do the thing and whatever um so once I kind of got over that aspect of it, and I'm like, you know, I don't even need to shoot. I can right. just get footage from the internet, and I could just be really creative with that because then I don't even, I'm not even confined to what I can shoot, when I can shoot, who I can shoot. Hmm. Then I have the whole entire world. So genius, genius. <laughs> so then I started, you know, editing like movies, and that was that was really like the breakthrough for me was editing old movies and recontextualizing them. And that's where I got, that was my first big thing. And that was my first like uh, thing that got me noticed. And that was the ultimate start of everything was once I started doing that. And like, from my point of view, cause like I always identified as an editor, 
I didn't really call myself like a filmmaker. I'm like, yo, I'm a video editor. That right. is what I do. Um, and it's kind of hard, you know, and when I would watch things, I'm like, okay, I want to edit videos. Let me watch TV or whatever and let me be critical and let me see what they're doing. But like, even if you're watching critically and looking for what they're doing, it's hard to know where the director ends and the editor begins right. or where the you know visual effects or the set design or whatever. It's hard to know really who's responsible for what. And, you know, it could be, wow, this movie's amazing, but maybe the editor made really bad choices. Maybe there's, there was a way to edit that to make it a hundred times better. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. maybe they saved it. Maybe it was shot Super really trash. bad. Exactly. So Just like, mad common. Oh, so common. I've done fix so many of fix those. Fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. Always. I've done, I've saved a lot of projects in my day. I'm sure you have mm -hmm. too. Um, so I always felt like, you know, I couldn't like connect with an editor as like, this is what I want to, like, this is who I want to be like or anything like that. So then I realized, well, what if I take footage that people already know, that everyone already knows, and then I make it into something different? And that was a thousand times more interesting to me. Because, like, if I can take a movie that everybody knows and I can make it into, like, a crazy music video and make th this exact scene that you've seen ten times yeah. feel totally different than you've ever felt watching it before then I've done something and then I've really actually shown how like how I edit things to and be different stories. and like yeah tell stories so the first time that I did that was to a Skrillex song back yeah I was gonna say I feel like did you just post something recently that's like similar to that style is that there's one of Will um, yeah that, that's very much on Will that Will Amigos scene. collab but it's just like making it look like he rapped the Amigos song yes exactly I love doing stuff like that's that that's so fun I die when I see that I shit. love it it's so fun to do it's so rewarding because yeah. it's like everybody can see it. that was just an interview right and it was just cut to look like something else and I love that so the first time I did that was um, to a Skrillex song in what's what year is it in like 2011 probably Call nine one one now. No, it wasn't that. It was that us. Was the only Skrillex song. It was Scada. It was kind of not one of his more popular ones. But I heard that song. And I was like, Oh my god, I need to make a video to this because right. we were we were listening to the song. It was me and some friends. We had up on the projector. Uh, we were playing Dumbo. Dumbo was a game. No, no, no. We were just playing the, 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 the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, Fire, my favorite. And so it was the scene where the elephants are going crazy, and it was to this crazy dubstep. Yeah. And I was like. I'm gonna work on this tomorrow. I'm gonna download this movie and I'm gonna make that scene go to that because it just was working so perfectly. You know how like when you yeah, watch yeah, something, yeah, it's yeah. just everything yeah. sings. So I was like, I'm gonna do that tomorrow. So that was my plan. I had, I downloaded Dumbo. I started cutting it together to this song, but the song's like three minutes. I'm like, there's really not that much amazing Dumbo footage, right? right? So I'm like, okay, let me add another movie in there. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Just two movies. Like right. it's kind of a weird thing to do. Like Dumbo and Little Mermaid, like it's a right. weird combo. It's like, you know, maybe I'll do three. And then I was like, three is kind of weird too. Maybe I need more balance. And I kept adding and adding and adding and it ended up being like 32 movies that were in there into one, 32 like movies that you'd probably recognize yeah. made into a music video that has like this like story arc and whatever. And I became absolutely consumed by this project. It was my whole life. It was all I wanted to do. That was the first time that I really felt like this is absolutely my calling and this is absolutely what I'm going to do over anything else. Like it was like, not because like, not for any goal, just because it, I was having so much fun doing right. it. And so that, at that time I was in film school. I was going to school of visual arts in New York and for video editing. Yeah. That was my major. And I w just really, really 
wanted to drop everything to do this video and in school they weren't really teaching me what I wanted to learn because I always wanted to do kind of more like music video type stuff and they were much more of the write a script make a short film narrative route right and they weren't necessarily supportive of my path and what I wanted to do which is to me ludicrous because it's an art school and they should be open-minded about everything right um but I was I started skipping school to go to work on this project and I was like living in like a four foot tall room (laughs) sitting on like this little bucket because it was so small you couldn't have a computer chair in there so sitting on this little bucket working on like a kid's desk and just like hammering video clips and to dubstep and just making it as crazy as I could to be like add another movie add another movie and for every movie it's two more hours of footage that you got to look through and find those like tiny moments and you know some of them I would get one second out of you know but like it was just so addictive and I loved it and so I was skipping school because the goal was I was working at Webster Hall at the time in New York really at the nightclub this was this was very much in the like video and nightlife phase um, and so I was working at Webster Hall and Skrillex, this was right when he was popping off. Oh, shit. Like, right when he started, like, becoming huge. And he was coming back to Webster. And we had, I think, I think I met him the time before, briefly. Um, but I was like, I can get to him. What'd you do there? What was your job there? Um, I bartended and I also threw parties. So you I bartended like a for a little while. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then mostly I just focused on throwing parties after that. Um, so I was like, I can get to him. I can get in the green room. He's a cool guy, of, you know, whatever. And I, I can get to him and I can give him this video on DVD. And you're like, and I'm the ringleader of Bunny Bass or whatever. Bass Bunnies, exactly. <laughs> bunnies. Like, come on, everyone yeah, knows the Bass Bunnies. He'll let me talk to him. Yeah. And I was, I was like, I will do this. And so that was the goal. That's why I had to skip school because there was a, a date. Deadline now. There's yeah. a deadline. And so I just, I, I worked as hard as I could. I got it done. I burned it on DVD, like, right before I got to work. You know, it was, like, last minute, right. doing as much as I could. Got it on DVD, and I was so nervous that I, like, wasn't even going to, I was too nervous to go in the green room. I, I like, I felt like such a tool walking up to Skrillex, like, hey, check out my video on DVD. Like, I felt like a tool. And my friend Eve, who was one of the bass bunnies, she was, like, kept coming down to me. And she was another bartender, kept coming down. Did you give it to him? no not yet I'm just gonna close out the bar you know I'm just gonna do this I'm just gonna she's like give me the DVD sent it she walked right up there intercepted he was walking out of the building and she intercepted him she goes Sonny she made this video it's awesome it's too scatta you have to check it out and he's so nice and he oh my god yeah I'm so excited puts it in his pocket and he goes hey you guys wanna hang out so we hung out with him all night had this like amazing like just party with him it was really really he's a great guy yeah and the whole time my friend is like you have to watch the video he's like oh no no no! i don't want to watch it now like you know i'm not in the right state of mind like whatever he's she's like you have to watch he never watched it and then he left and then we never knew if he ever watched it we're like man and it was like this very unsatisfying ending right then he came back and now he's like mega 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 right like next time he came to webster like months past months past okay he's huge now and he's doing skrillex week in New York. Okay. So it was like, he played like five shows and like... All at Webster Hall? No, it was uh, oh, like Webster, Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I ha- you know, we had some mutual friends. We had known him from the last time, whatever. So it was like, all right, we got to we gotta show him this video. And so from the time before, I posted it on YouTube because yeah. I was like, whatever, he's he saw it or he didn't. Maybe he saw it, he didn't like it, whatever. Um, posted it on YouTube. I got like... 
40,000 views on my own, which was pretty good. Damn, yeah. Yeah. What year was this? 2008? 20, uh, 2011, probably. 2011? Yeah. And, you know, posted the video, did pretty well. And I was like, all right, like, that's cool. But still, I don't know if he's seen it. Yeah. And this is very, like, you know, unsatisfied. So he comes back. And my friend TJ to Johnny, shout out, shout out to Johnny. Um, it, he was like close with Skrillex and he had like been on tour with them and stuff. And so we went to this after party, after after party, whatever. We ended up in like an apartment with with Skrillex <clears throat> that had a TV. And it was like it was like an intimate <laughs> enough. Storm. It was the perfect storm. And so Johnny's like, "Yo, right now, this is the time that we're gonna do it." And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was so ner- I don't know why I was always so nervous, but he's like, "Yo, load it up in the in the bedroom." load it up i'm gonna go get him i was like oh my god so i bring up the the youtube and we bring skrillex in and he's standing there i'm like okay this is the video that i made for you and i'm like so nervous my heart's like pounding (laughs) (laughs) he's like standing right next to me i'm like all right this is the video that i gave to you like last year or whatever it was and i hope you like it and starts playing and as soon as it starts playing you made this i'm like yes watch the video yeah watch i know put your eyes on the video yeah you made this? He kept looking at me. I'm like, just watch the video. He watched the whole thing, loved it, brought me out in the hall, and he's like, dude, like, this is my email. Please send it to me. I'm like going to the the Grammys this week, so I have you know certain posts I gotta do. But right after that, I'm posting this video. It's awesome. Damn. He won the Grammy, so he was like as hot as hot the can be. Moment, yeah. It was huge. And then right after that, he posted the video. Damn. Blew up. And then that's what really got me noticed was that video. I quit school because of that video because I showed that video to my production teacher as my final project. And all the other, we had like 11 kids in our class. It was very, very intimate. And all the other kids in my class were, they didn't take it seriously. And they were kind of like, oh, I'm gonna rent a camera from the school and then I'll go shoot my final project in my dorm the night before. And I'll call it a rough cut. Like they were just- Yeah, 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 bullshit. Bullshit in their way through. And I was like so incredibly passionate. And so I tried to, you know, I raised my hand to show my final and my teacher was like, let let us let the people who actually did their projects go first. What? And I was like, I can't be here anymore. I just can't, like that's, that kind of, so he made me show my project last after the bell. And like, I had to sit there and watch these kids projects who were like, you know, farting around their dorms, like, right. oh, like stupid that they just Damn. were shooting nothing. So and did you quit like immediately? I like, quit. That was my, yeah. That was one of my last times at that school. I I never went back. I you know, in all honesty, I probably wasted a lot of. I'm still paying for that school. Fuck. I went for two years. I didn't really get a lot out of it. I met some connections. That was the main good thing right. about school. Yeah. Um, and because of that Skrillex video, then I had a reputation after that video because everyone knew that I did it, and then that made me like the go-to editor. And I was already like kind of the go-to editor in that class and at that school because I was like I was one of the only people who my goal was to be an editor everyone else was like okay I'm editing but like I want to be a director right and I was the one that was like I will edit anything because this is what I want to do and I don't want to shoot so it was very easy for me to like be brought onto projects and like people wanted editors yeah just you do this yeah no one wanted to edit their own stuff so it was really organic and like easy to like make connections um and so from there, I got hooked up with like a couple of people that I started working with for a while. Um, Seth Hagenstein, shout out. He was one of the first people that really put me on um, in New York and like actually gave me big jobs, right. and, like, client work, um, like Maybelline, and like like allowed me to edit like legit the MTV. Oh my god! What 
I feel like I'm talking a mile. No, I'm listening. I'm like the MTV. What? What? <laughs> I know. I'm like the story just like goes on and on. Okay, so Seth brought me on for the. F- I think the first thing we did together was this MTV project. It was um, Artists to Watch or Artist Spotlight or something, um, and it was Mount Eden. They were some dubstep people, and so he was directing. And they were actually shooting it at Webster Hall, weirdly. What the fuck? It was very, it like, all just kind of happened. Um, and he was like, yo, this is a dubstep video shot at Webster Hall. We need someone who loves editing to dubstep. Like, obviously, you're the choice for that. Um, so I was brought on for that. And they really liked what I did. And then I started doing a couple other things for MTV. And um, These were all paid as a freelancer. Absolutely, yeah. Right. And um, that was... You know, it was. It, I was kind of building a good relationship with them. Everybody that worked there was amazing. I had a great time. Like, I felt that was my first like really big professional work for MTV. For MTV, yeah, which is insane. And it, it was absolutely insane. So, um, they hired me for a couple things, and about a year later, so I was I was still doing some random work with Seth. Um, he was like I said, like my main person. Shout out Seth. I don't know if I said yeah, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got the shout out. In. Okay, good because he's very important to my career. Um, so about a year later, after I was doing uh, some freelance work with MTV, I think after I did that first thing, or maybe less than a year, I was I had no job and no money, and I was like kind of shit out of luck, and I had this like bartending background. I wasn't at Webster anymore. I had this like bartending background and I could not get a bartending job. And I was literally just walking around the city. Like I had printed out resumes with the little money I had. And I'm like walking around the city, going to all these stupid dive bars, like giving my resume, like just praying for a job. Didn't get calls back from any of them. Jesus Christ. It was bad. And then, so between interviews, bartending interviews, I was in the area near the MTV office. And I just decided to hit up Andy, who is like the producer. Shout out Andy. I'm sorry, I have to do this a lot. You gotta do your shout outs, get yours in. <laughs> um, and I just hit him up because he was a producer at MTV that I really, really like hit it off with. And I was just like, hey, I'm, I'm in the area. Do you wanna like, sm-? this was back when I smoked. I was like, do you wanna go smoke a cigarette? You know, I'm waiting for a job. And he goes, well, I'm not at the office right now, but do you want a job at MTV? Because this other guy's quitting. I was looking for. I was That's looking for. Crazy. I was like begging for bartending jobs in like di- like dive really crappy trash. dive bars and like not getting them. Begging for them and not getting them. And he goes, "Oh, do you want a job video editing at MTV full time?" I was like, "What just happened? Like, yeah. This is insane." I was like, uh, "Yeah, yes. of course I do." And like two weeks later, that was my life. I had a, a full time in house video editing job at MTV with a beautiful office to myself with a couch and like a proper computer God and damn. monitor. It was amazing. Live life. 24 hour access, like it was exactly what I wanted. And the great thing about the MTV job was, I mean, obviously I worked with amazing people and it was really fun, but it was kind of like an experimental branch of MTV. It was called uh, MTV World. Okay. So it wasn't like Jersey Shore and like like the big shows. It was kind of, we were doing like like music documentary type stuff and like some, um, it was world. So it was yeah. like all eclectic. Right. Um, and it would like, it gave me room. It, w- it wasn't like we had like a show that we had to produce every week. Right. It was kind of like our Variety. deadlines were fluid and like, we didn't always like, we could always like push things back and like it was, it gave us a lot of room to be experimental and like just have fun with it. Yeah. Um, but also I could work as many hours as I wanted to. And so I think that's like where I'm, well, I guess I was already working a lot, but I was able to really like 
be there be there all the time right and we would work overnights and have a blast because yeah. it was like order food and like we had nice speakers and we would play music and just make like and really talk about edits and be like okay what you know if, if we cut this what does that mean if we cut this what does that mean and like looking for you know music to support things and it was like kind of the first time that I got to be in a environment where I could do that and mm. I was doing that with Seth before but like this was the first time that I had like a steady job where yeah. I could like talk to people about editing which is something I, like I really wanted yeah it felt like collaborative and, and team effort and that's why I wanted to stay there I, I never felt like oh I don't want to stay overtime it was like no I can I stay tonight like I want to be here and, <laughs> yeah. you know it was you really fun you guys have nice speakers and like this couch and shit and food I, yeah I'm, that's all I need I, that's, that's all it. I need honestly and and I felt really like supported there because they were you know Andy was always very vocal to be and Seth too like they were always very vocal to be like you like thank you for doing this you are important you're doing a great job and like that is so important I think especially to artists but to anybody yeah compliments yeah like positive reinforcement is so important like to keep doing what you're doing especially when you're killing yourself especially when you're working late hours like you don't want to do that if people are just like you know look at your thing and then say nope okay try again right is it nobody okay i'm leaving like, yeah i said 50 hours on this two minute thing or 30 second spot right. like what the fuck and you have nothing to say about it so i i like that really like made me feel just happy right and positive and like so i wanted more of that so i left mtv because what was like one of the coolest things that you did there like what do you do you remember any, like any of those takeaway projects like what was like one of your favorite ones um so we did this thing called rebel music and it was um, like a documentary series on musicians around the world who use their music to rebel against their government or whatever it was, their cause. Right. Um, so I was the senior editor of the Native America episode, which was huge. Like seeing my Flex. name under senior editor, I was just like, this can't be real. Yeah, like, so dope. Yeah, it was, it was insane. So that was a really, really cool one. Damn. Um, Sorry, I cut you off. I know. You no, were, that's you were totally fine. Forward. That's totally fine. Um, so I was, the, I was only there at MTV for about six months. Oh, really? Yeah. It was six, like, solid months because yeah. I was working a lot. Um, but my boss, Andy, told me, hey, I just got word from higher up. It's not looking so good for us because MTV had changed CEOs. So he said, <laughs> that suck? Yeah. God damn. I mean, it ended not up being, what that's like you lived it like right it, hey. it ended up being a good thing but like it was just like oh shit like um and he said you know I'm not saying this officially but you should start looking get your resume together start looking for jobs because like we this whole MTV world sect of MTV is probably gonna be cut so I spent the next like two days getting my resume my reel together and as you know that can be like so so hard yeah, to do like right. gathering all your stuff and like it can be a real pain so like i spent like the next two really solid days doing that um i think it was because some i, I forget if that happened before or after i think it was because someone random a facebook friend that like i didn't even really know that well tagged me in a post from pesquale rotella who is the ceo of insomniac okay you know, insomniac they yeah, do yeah. edc and stuff yeah um he posted, we're now hiring for full-time video editors in LA. <sighs> what? The minute I this lose happens. my MTV job, like, this what's happening? This other fire job opens up. And it was like, 
the ultimate dream job. Like I was super into the rave scene and like actively like in that world. And, and a local legend. <laughs> and a bass bunny. Yeah, bass bunny. Of course. And I wanted to move to LA and I just didn't like know when it was going to happen and whatever. And then MTV was about to be done. It all just was like insanely serendipitous. And um, so uh, so then I buckled down for the next two days, got all my stuff together, submitted. And then like a couple of days later, Bunny, shout out Bunny, called me. He's, that's his name? Yes. His name is Bunny? His name is... Tell You're me like, that's not crazy. Yes. I was like, well, that's a sign. Right. This is going to happen. So Bunny calls me and says, hey, we just got your resume. We really like what we see, but you're not in California. We want to interview you. Can't, you know, are you going to be in California by any chance? I was like, oh, I happen to have a trip to California in a week and a half. You were lying? So I, no, I did. I was going out for Dirty Bird Camp Out. The fuck is that? A festival? A festival. And it was, I think, their first year doing it. So I already had a trip booked. And I said, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to be there. Went, interviewed when I went to the office, like it was clear that I pretty much already had the job. They were just like, so this is the office and when can you start? And I was like, um, and like, when do you need me? They were like two weeks. I was like, all right. And I, and I moved, I figured it out. And I moved from New York to LA. God damn. Two weeks later. It was just like, so I asked the, um, the woman at Insomniac that told me two weeks. No, you can say Hopefully that. she's not watching. Who gives a fuck Actually, if she I don't is. care if she yeah. is. She Suck sucks. less, lady. Suck less. Oh, I feel bad. Okay. Um, well, she told me two weeks. And I was like, this was right before Thanksgiving. This was, I mean, two weeks is like a pretty short amount of time to tell somebody. And so I was like, can it, can, can it be maybe like a month instead, maybe four weeks instead so I can like do Thanksgiving with my family? And she's like, honey, I can't guarantee that we're not going to hire a freelancer in those extra two weeks that we're going to like and we're going to want to keep. I'm like, okay, so I guess I'm moving out in two weeks. And that was absolutely BS that she said that because, of course, it wasn't, like, my job was not threatened. Right. But she made it seem that way, so I just moved right out. Yeah. Um, And that's how I got to L.A. So did you just ship your shit and fly out here? No, I got rid of... You just got everything. rid of it? Yeah, I, I came out with two suitcases. Wow. But I, like, I've always kind of, I didn't really have that much stuff because in New York I would move a lot. Right. I would only stay at a place for maybe six months and then I'd end up moving to a different apartment. So like, I didn't really have that much important yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was mostly just like clothes. Right. Um, and yeah, I moved out with two suitcases and found, uh, had some friends to crash with for like the first couple weeks. Lived in a van. Lived for a in a bit, van? A short amount, for the first like week. You moved out to LA and got a van? Um, Yeah, and I lied about it because I didn't want anybody taking pity on me. I was like, I'm not telling nobody. But, what? What but do you I mean was, you lied about it? You didn't tell anyone you lived in I a said, van? I said, no, 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 I'm not sleeping in the van. <laughs> Wait, who was, they were like, You're who sleeping was trying in to that. confront you? Hey, the, are you sleeping in a van by any insom- chance? No, no, no. The insomniac really? co-workers knew I was living in the van. Shout out Caroline, shout out all the insomniac people. Um, <sighs> but Caroline was asking me, stay at my place don't sleep in the van and i'm like i'm not sleeping in the van but i was sleeping in the van okay so have you ever heard of a juicy van um, it's like j-u-c-y i think no they're like camper minivans okay so the back becomes a bed that and there's dope. a kitchen in the trunk it's pretty cool wait you bought this no i rented it <laughs> because we were going to that fe- we went to a festival oh, right. Oh wait, this was okay. There was another festival, but we went to a festival the first week I moved here, and so I had the van from that. And then I went back and I said, you know what? Let me just keep the rental. I w- I was just too prideful to like ask people to sleep on their couch. I just, right. I didn't want to be a burden. Yeah. 
it's stupid. Like it's, yeah, I would dumb. do that for anybody now right. and I would be pissed if they were living in their van. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't want to tell anybody. And so I'd roll up to Insomniac with this ridiculous purple and green van with a big thing on top with, with oh, letters on it. This is juicy van camper, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I would roll up to Insomniac like that and they're like, um, <laughs> And just stay, leave the van for 48 hours straight because you just would leave the office and go sleep in the parking lot? Not 48 hours, but it was like it was like a week. Where would you drive? Where would you go park and sleep? I would just find like a shady little street and just park in there. Send it. it That's was, hilarious. It was hardcore. Pasquale saw me too, the CEO. He like invited, of uh, Insomniac, invited us all out to Sound Nightclub within that first like week or whatever. And I rolled up in the juicy, and he was like laughing at me. And like Caroline was like, "Um, Pascal wants to meet you. He wants to ask you about that van." I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is how they know me. Now. He's like, "Yo, what's up with her?" The girl <laughs> the with fuck? the juicy van. Yo, that's tight as hell. Oh my God. No, mad respect. I fucking Thank like you. sleeping in my car. I slept in my car so many times in the winter in Iowa when it was fucking negative like twenty degrees, just a snowboard. I sleep great in my car. I like it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. So I, I really didn't think it was a big deal. It probably wasn't like the safest because people can be shady and like break in and stuff especially they know like they see a motherfucking very Camper. obvious looking that's hilarious yeah but like it was pretty clutch it's like a hotel yeah like you have like a nice bed and they give you blankets well shit move into it now why I, not why not i don't know why i don't man yeah i don't know why more people don't <laughs> probably because they fucking it's hard to park places i was gonna say it's probably harder to park than it is to just yeah. get an apartment god damn it that's hilarious <laughs> So you get the job, everything starts to be going well. Mm -hmm. Like what were some of the projects you were working on when you first started there? Um, mostly like I would say Instagram kind of uh, cuts of shows and like little promos. So like Insomniac is a huge brand and they have lots of festivals. So they have like the whole EDC umbrella, which is not only Vegas, but Orlando and, you know, India like and worldwide? China yeah, worldwide. and everything yeah. in Mexico, everything. So there was a lot to do for that. Then there was also um, Dream State. That's their like trance thing. Then they have um, audio. Oh, audio something that's up in san francisco then they have like all of the exchange stuff then they have, like they have so, so much shit. so many, how many editors do they have um so when i was there there was two assistant editors who would like basically manage all the files um shout out patrick and anita i'm shouting out everybody that's fine do it um they would like you know uh pull all the selects which is a lot yep. obvious as you can imagine yeah um, and they would organize all the drives, all the footage, all the everything, which is a huge undertaking. So that was Patrick and Anita. Then there was, um, that's two. Editing was Charlie. He was kind of like the editor-in-chief. Shout out, Charlie. Um, <laughs> editing, uh, me, Brandon, Caroline, Dino. He was also doing sound design. Oh, and uh, Brandon was also doing like kind of effects, graphics and stuff. So it was like less than 10 people for all those festivals. Less than 10. That's yeah. fucking insane. And then there was two, um, Dave and Aldo were doing like 3D stuff. So like basically like the intros and yeah, yeah. Like all their 3D stuff. God damn. Yeah. So, but that was it. And like, we, you know, we worked definitely a lot over there, but so I was just doing normal editing. This was before any effects days. Um, I was just doing normal editing and just making cool, like very like flashy kind of like, you know, fast cut yeah. type stuff to like high energy music. Um, of just show footage and uh, yeah. When did when did like did you continue there for a long time or what was it? I was there for almost exactly a year. And uh, when did you get an apartment? Like a couple weeks after I oh, moved. Right. Yeah, right. I got it pretty quick. Um, so I was at Insomniac a year, 
And I ended up leaving because it just kind of felt like it was not elevating. And it like I was just doing a lot of the same stuff. Right. And it felt like that's what that was going to be. Mm. I felt like it was not going to move past that. And like, because like the media department there, it's not a media company. Right. It's a event company and there's a media department. So there wasn't like a ton of room to like grow and like, you know, move forward yeah. in the field. So I felt like, okay, this was pretty much as much as I can do here. And it was amazing and great while it lasted, but like I'm ready to do something else. Right. Um, so I left in like November of the following year, left for a while and decided I'm gonna travel for a little bit. So I went to, um, I went on a trip. I booked another festival. It's called Your Paradise Fiji. So went to Fiji and to get to Fiji, you gotta go to Australia and to get to Australia, you got to stop, well, sometimes in Hawaii. So we made a whole trip out of it. So we did LA to Maui to Honolulu to Sydney to Fiji. God damn. So it was like three or four weeks with my friend Whitney, shout out Whitney. And um, we, yeah, we did this whole crazy trip that ended in a music festival with Skrillex, with <laughs> all these crazy like people. Jazz Davis was there. Um, and it was really, really fun. It was like 600 person festival. So I went on this like whole big crazy trip, moved back to, or uh, went back to LA. And then I think right after that is when we decided to get rid of our apartment. Um, and I subletted for a little bit, put all my stuff in storage and then decided I'm going to Texas for a month. Went to Texas for a month, lived with my friend Kirkland, shout out Kirkland. Um, and went to a festival down there. It was another insomniac festival. You love festivals. I do. I was like, that's like my roots. I'm yeah. like a festival, per- not Junkie. as much anymore, but like, yeah, that, that was my scene for sure. Um, and then by the time I moved back to LA, I uh, had a house. I, my friends, that's the house I'm living in now. Oh yeah, right. The one that we were editing or dumping the footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my uh, friends all wanted to get this big house. They arranged it while I was down in Texas. So I came back to LA, moved all my stuff out of storage. And then finally, like, had a house. But by that time, I was in debt. Yeah, I bet. What <laughs> the fuck? I was traveling. The festivals aren't even cheap by themselves. Right. Plus all the dope shit you guys were doing in between. God damn. Yeah. So it was a lot. Um, it was. So I was, like, pretty much broke at that point. And I was. I needed a job. And so I, I had done one or two. Or maybe just, like, one small thing for KJ Sokka, who is my roommate. Shout out, KJ. Um, he's an amazing drummer, like one of the best in the world. And he was he was working with Wave. Have you heard of Wave? Wave apps? What Wave, do you think? Wave, Wave what? Is that a musician? It's like um, a media platform. I don't think I it's, have. it's an app. Okay. And they're basically like somewhere between SoundCloud and like MTV. So oh, they dope. have video content, um, basically supporting like smaller artists and stuff like that. So I did a job. Uh, editing a drum video that KJ, who's my roommate, was doing for Wave. And so they liked what I did and then brought me on for some more stuff and ended up offering me a job. And I was like, stoked on it, but I was like, I don't wanna be full-time because I just got out of this full-time job. I don't wanna hop back into it, even though like it was, it was a benefit because it was kind of more of a media company. So there was a little bit more room to like grow there. And right. it was the uh, content was like a little bit more diverse, but like they were doing a lot of like interviews and like, do- like all basically all different kinds of stuff. Um, but I was like, I'm not going full time 
probably ever again. Like, yeah. I don't want to do it. So they let me pretty much make my own hours and make my own schedule. I said I could do like two to three days a week. And so that's what I did for a while. And I would, you know, we would kind of come up with, I said, if you ever like really need me, absolutely I'm there. But like, I want to be flexible and I want right. to like really try to make freelance work. Yeah. So it was like the perfect stepping stone. Um, and worked there, I think for about six months, kind of on and off. And somewhere within that was when Ari came into the picture. Mm. So I found Ari through his lightning in a bottle video. Really? Yes. Wow. Do you know that one? Yeah. I mean, we watched all the shit. Oh, what, true, so, true. But did, how? You just tripped on it? So my friend Anita, who was one of the assistant editors at Insomniac. Yeah. She's like, you have, she's a really, really good friend of mine. She's like, you have to see this video. And normally when people say that, I'm like, Ugh. right. You know, I yeah. don't know why I'm yeah. like so that way, but she's like, you have to see it. And I finally watched it and I was like, my my world just shattered. I was like, who right. is responsible for this? Because I had been doing festival videos for so long and I would never seen anything like that before. Damn. So I was like, I need to know who this is. Looked up Ari, looked up all of his stuff, just binged like on his website, just going through everything. Just like, this is fire, this is fire, this yeah, is fire. Yeah, yeah. Like, who is this guy? I want right. to work with him so bad. And this was actually before I was really active on Instagram. I was kind of a Facebook person. I feel like the East Coast is more Facebook. Yeah, you guys are all old. Yeah. <laughs> right on. So I was like much more on the Facebook tip and I reached out to him on Facebook. I like looked him up and which I probably wouldn't, I would have reached out on Instagram. Right. Now, but I think that ended up being what got me through the rest of the people because he was big on Instagram, but like wasn't big on Facebook. That's so crazy. Yeah, so I just typed in his name. You know, he lives in LA. He's yeah. like a regular dude. Right. And I just hit him up and I was like, yo, like, I don't know what I can offer you. And I think this is kind of important as like how to approach people because this is how I've always approached people and it's always worked for me. Is I, if there's somebody I want to work with, I would always feel like, first and foremost, I want to offer them something. I don't yeah. want to just be like, teach me. Because right. there's a lot of people, I'm sure you get those messages. Yes. Yes, Teach me. yes, yes, yes. Rude. Talk about the shit all day on this motherfucking podcast. Right? It's it's awful. So I didn't I never want to do that. And so usually when I would reach out to somebody, I would say, Hey, I love your whatever it is. I'm an editor. I'll edit for you for free if you know you'll teach me whatever. Right. right? But Ari was such a good editor too that I'm like my message was, I don't know what I can offer you, but I want to work with you. What can I do? Like, I will work for free. Like, what do I have to do yeah, right. to work with you? And he was just like, okay, let's meet up for lunch. Let's like, uh, he just wanted to like meet face to face. So we had lunch. I asked him a million questions. He was super nice. And that was it. For a long time, I didn't hear from him. And I was like, all right. Yeah, whatever. I guess, I guess it's not going to happen. Yeah. Months later, probably six months later, he randomly reaches out and calls me. I'm like freaking, I'm like at the airport, like freaking out. Like I got to find service right now. Like this is my moment, right? It's Ari. Yeah, it's Ari. Oh my God. <laughs> and um, so he calls me and he's like, hey, so, oh, and in the meantime, like during our first meeting, I think, I think he said, I think his like original thing to me was send me like five, three to five of your best videos that you really like. Right. So that he could get a sense of like what I did. So I sent him, you know, my typical style, of like very fast cutting. And during our conversation, I kind of brought up to him that like worked at Insomniac, worked at MTV, blah, blah, blah. So like six months later, he was, hey, I have something finally that came up that I think you'd be good for. And it was a Hakkasan video that he was doing. He was doing like a series of like six um, residency announcement videos for Hakkasan. 
And so that was like nightlife, quick cut, high energy. Your he whole was like, shit. Yeah, he was like, okay, that's perfect, right? So he was like, okay, so I'll bring you on for the Tiesto video and you can edit that and then we'll kind of see how it goes. Is this and, the one that was like, where it like announced the, I don't know, it was like flies into every artist or whatever? Is that, that what it was? was? That was a cut down he did of all the intros. Okay, so then these are all, that's from all these separate. individual videos that you did. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, so um, he brought me in for the Tiesto one and he's like, okay, your direction is make it as cash bunny as possible. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, that's awesome. But like, oh my God, very stressful because I'm like, my style is like, not necessarily what I would think of as Hakusan. I would think of Hakusan as like, you know, cool, like beautiful, whatever, yeah, yeah, not yeah. as like trippy, like crazy. Right. So I was like, all right, that's his direction. Let me like, let me do it to it and like make it me and make it how I want to see it. And so I did it. I sent it to him. I was super, like, killed myself on it. was super nervous. He loved it. Went really well. Um, and then he was like, okay, uh, I'll have you do the Aoki one, too. And then I did the Aoki one. And that one, I think that one was, like, really, like, the Tiesto went well, but the Aoki one was really where we were, like, oh shit, we're working together. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. this is happening. So, like, I, w- I would go over to his place and, like, show him, like, the, the edit. And we would just sit there and just nerd out on like every little cut and like he would say okay i think we just have to like flip this shot horizontally because because this one goes in and i'm like no no but if you do that then the next shot blah 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 and we would keep going back and forth about our reasoning it was just like really fun to like nerd out and talk about these specific things um and so the aoki one became we became a little bit obsessed with it and it became like our baby and we loved it and it was such a great it's still like one of my favorite videos it's great crazy we had so much fun with it um, and then from there, he was like, okay, now do jobs, the jobs, jobs. Ca- Cascade one. Now do the what I, I ended up doing like most of that series, Damn. editing most of the series. And then from there, I think it was the, it must have been the Aoki one where I was doing some effects um, and I was only working in Premiere at the time. Premiere was my favorite and I was only working in Premiere. And he was like, are you doing everything in Premiere? Because I was doing like masking and stuff. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I have, to, I have to teach you After Effects because right. it's gonna be, it's gonna make your life so much easier. And I kind of felt like, like of course stoked, but at the same time I felt like, well, he shouldn't have to do that. Like he's like very well established, and like I should be able to learn the basics on my own. And I was like, you don't have to. I, I can get somebody else to teach me whatever. And he was like, no, no, it's fine. Like I'll teach you. Like just come over like next week or whatever, and I'll teach you. That's why I said to you when you were ch- said, I'll teach you how to do the um the parallax shit exactly. whatever and I was like no no no, no. I'll, that's what YouTube's for like, yeah you're like it. no I'll, I'll learn I'm like it'll take right. me two seconds yeah, it's kind of no. fun like yeah. to teach people so so I was like alright I can't say no to this right so I, I went there we had I think like three like lessons where I went over just specifically to learn and I would always go with questions which if anybody's learning and I get obviously these questions a lot of like you know what's the best way to learn and stuff like that go if somebody's gonna teach you have questions hmm. because that's the most important to me that is the most important thing if you walk into a session and you're just like okay what do i need to know right like that's that's a lot harder because it's hard to teach yeah also it's 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 hard like because I've, I've taught like i've had you know people under me that i'm teaching and it's like kind of hard to know where to start right so like I would like mess around with after effects get myself into predicaments and then write it down hmm. and say okay how do I move the anchor point without moving the frame? Right. And I didn't know that. That was one of my biggest things that, so I, drove me nuts. that I didn't know. And it was a huge roadblock. And I'm like, well, I can't do this because I can't figure this one thing out. 
So I'd always go with a list of questions, and then he would say, oh, okay, I got it. So he would open up a project, like an old project, and, um, and say, okay, so here's where I did that. This is how you do it. Now maybe make me do it or make me write it down. Then you quiz me on it, and then right. I'd, you know, be able to do it. Um, so I think we only had like probably three, three and a half lessons formally, and then I was kind of able to learn on my own from there. Just like nerdy on YouTube tutorials and things like that? I or just trial I'm not and error. good at tutorials. No? No. Quick I, fixes, though. You don't go to it for anything? I do sometimes. Yeah. But, like, I'm very impatient when it comes to tutorials. I can't, like, because they sit there and, Tw- like, they 20 say. 20-minute intros. Hey, yeah. guys, so uh, recently I just got my new toy- Tesla <laughs> X, and it's great, and that whole review's over. It's like, shut up. Just teach ten- me how to fucking keyframe this thing. Exactly. It's 10 seconds of information that somebody could just say, click it there. Right. And that's it. Yeah. But it takes so long to get to it. So I would always be, like, impatient with that. Sometimes I am able to, but, like, I prefer to just read. You know, like, Google, and then it comes up on the first answer. And right. Bullet. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I prefer. Yeah, that thing's clutch. Um, but I also have friends that I can ask about um, when I have certain issues. Right. So that's, like, super helpful. Um, so you just started picking it up really, really fast, like VFXing and being able to understand After Effects pretty well? Yeah. Well, I already had 10 years of video yeah. under my belt. Right. And I was already doing effects in Premiere. So I was already masking. I already understood keyframes very, very well, like, because I was doing that for so long. Even though it was Premiere, it's, like, same. They're yeah. the same theories. Right. And I, I also, like, knew Photoshop. I could get around in Photoshop. So, like, I kind of understood the theories, and it was just a matter of, like, how how and where to click and what are what's the terminology like what is a pre-comp right oh it's a nest right click like now yeah, i get yeah, it if you say it in premiere terms now like i right, understand right, right. it um so i was able to learn quickly but i also worked a lot and when i was working at wave still um this was like towards the end of working at wave i was going to wave working you know eight hours there coming home, working another eight to 10 hours at home on like, I was like doing stuff for Billy Kenny and doing stuff for like, um, you know, just random freelance stuff. Right. And I work all night, go to bed for a little bit and then do it all again, which uh, you know that grind, everyone yes. knows that grind. So um, so I feel like I kind of like fast forwarded through what, like how long it would take anybody else to learn because I was just working double the amount of mm. time essentially. Were you were you putting the things you were learning like an After Effects into practice at your wave? Job? Absolutely. Oh, okay, and then, word. So you're like doubling down. They were yes, and they were super supportive. Like my boss Jerry. Over yeah, I there. bet they were. They're probably like, damn, we did not, <laughs> we didn't plan for this shit. <laughs> right, right, right. So like, her as an editor, now she's a VFX artist. Exactly. <laughs> and so like I started being like, yo, like I was. They, I mean, they had a lot of edits to do, and they wanted me to edit, but at the same time, I was like, yo, like I want to start doing After Effects. And so we, I was like, hey, what if we do learning lunches? That's what I was calling it. Learning lunches and we have, because they had a graphics department of these two like 3D slash After Effects people. I said, what if they teach us After Effects and we teach them Premiere because we both like didn't know the other program. And I said, well, what if we do that in the conference room like once a week and we kind of teach each other and then we can all learn. So we started doing that and we would teach each other, everyone take a turn That's dope. and teach each other and like the company would like order us lunch. It was awesome. Yeah, that's, so, the, that's the wave so right now there. I'm like, That's the wave right there. That's the wave. Tee hee hee. I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, so I was like after fixing everywhere just as much as I could and like just getting as much practice as I could yeah. and like making lots of mistakes and just getting into all sorts of weird issues by just doing as much as I could. Um, and that's 
the majority of how I learned. I mean, once I knew the basics, I think it was easy right, right, right. to learn on Well, and then it's just kind of like, you know, everyone says it's like the real world experience. So it's working with clients, testing out ideas, trying to make shit come to life. Mm-hmm. So then what, you and Ari continue to work together. Like mm-hmm. how long were you at Wave and then you quit Wave and did you start doing just full-time everything you could get or was it working and helping Ari on his projects? Hey guys, I uh, just want to pause the episode real quick. Again, on my iPhone, sorry about that. But uh, I just want to tell you guys about the How to Charge a Client Guide. It's the, the best thing we've ever put out from Black Window Cream, 54 pages. It's a goddamn Bible. If you want to learn how to charge your clients, make more money, increase your rates, um, the theories that we talk about in this thing are amazing and I'm proud to put this out. Me and Dave went really, really hard on this guide. Shout out to our boy Ian for designing it, but it's available now. ShopBWC.com, you can get it right there or you can get it on our Patreon when you become a Patreon member, patreon.com slash blackwindowcream. So check them both out and uh, yeah, send us a review whenever you get a chance to read it. Let's get back to this cash money episode. How about that? So it was, um, I think I was at Wave for probably a year. Oh, okay, so then Ari and I started working together halfway between that year. Mm-hmm. So then for the the last six months of my time at Wave, I was starting to pick up like definitely more freelance stuff, starting to work with Ari more, starting to cut the Wave hours a little bit here and there. And, you know, there were some weeks where maybe I couldn't work at all. Um, and then in April of that year, so that was like right before I quit, Right. Um, that was Coachella. And Ari was hired for Coachella and he wanted to bring me on as an extra person. Um, just like under his umbrella and he was like after uh he's like i don't think you should go back to wave after coachella i think you should tell him you're done and i was like why would i i I didn't feel like i had enough work to sustain myself at that point and that felt like a huge leap that was maybe a little bit premature and i actually like got a little like flustered and upset and i think i like snapped at him a little bit because i was like like I, i don't have to quit it's not even a full-time job. I can just keep good terms with them and still work a little bit while I'm still getting freelance. And he was just like, well, do you want? That's my advice. Like, I don't think you should go back. So I was like, I thought about it and I let it sink in because I didn't want to be rash. And I also like, truly, I didn't see a point in telling them I was quitting. Like I wanted to keep that avenue open. Yeah. Um, Cause they were really flexible anyway. So uh, I went to Coachella and I think I might've had one more day at wave. Like that was, that's like you saw the, the whole future right there. Right. And like once I once I kind of heard him say that, because I was like, I don't, there was no specific timeline of when I was going to do that. Yeah. But he was like, like he felt like I was ready and then I felt like I was probably ready because of that. And then he was also like, I was making the point that I don't know if I'm going to have enough work. Like as of right now, I'm not making enough money from freelance to like sustain myself. And it's really nice to have a cushion Yeah, hell yeah. from Wave. You know, that was enough definitely to pay my rent right. like a few days a week. Um, and so he was like, dude, I have more jobs than I can handle. Like when I need, when somebody offers me a job and I can't take it, like I can give it to you. Like there, yeah. there's no shortage. Yeah. Like basically don't trip. It's fine. And I like, I trusted that and Coachella went really, really, I mean, it, it went well in that, like we had a good time and like, it was a little bit confusing and like the direction like it was technically it was stressful yeah um but it went well and like we worked well together and like i felt like after that i felt more confident and also had one pretty big video or like you know pretty good video from coachella that i felt really confident about which was um it was like a collage 
that um, like scrolls from left to right, whereas all these different videos and pictures all put together, yeah. animated, and that like became like a pretty big, po- like one of my bigger posts right. that like got me on the map, and the, and Coachella tagged me in it, so that was like a big thing that got me kind of like validated. Yeah, you're like, fuck this shit, I'm out. I was like, okay, let me like try to take this more seriously. Yeah, damn. Yeah. It's crazy because I remember in Ari's story just how pinnacle the Coachella shit was for him too. Oh yeah. And what he invested into it because it wasn't like, it was interesting that he said it wasn't like it was for money. He's like, any money that I got, I tried to put it in my squad. Like Mm -hmm. that was it. And it was just about being the person that makes that shit stand out. I mean, Coachella is one of the most socially shared, you know what I mean? All the content that comes from there is just, they just kill it. You know what I mean? And you guys are the reason behind that because, and that's why it keeps happening. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and the, the, the type of content that comes out of there, I think is what spawned like the next generation of the way people are thinking because before it's always recap videos, recap videos, recap videos. And then it turns into these bite sized moments. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then me and Dave's approach was like really random. And I feel like it kind of falls in line where it's like these like tiny, tiny little social clips, like with B and J's tour is like Mm -hmm. finding those little micro moments that could stand out on their own. That people just want to watch over and over. Yeah. Just like cool ass little moments. And Mm -hmm. the way you guys take and elevate that shit is so ridiculous. You know what I mean? Just, I don't know the tricks and all this stuff. I remember, um, I'm trying to figure out which one it was. I mean, obviously the Hulu video is like fucking the one. That's Ari though. I know, but I remember seeing that and oh, being yeah, like, yeah. what is this? And I didn't even know that was you. <laughs> I was, yeah. it's funny when you scroll through your feed and you <laughs> see you and you're so, you're hilarious in your fucking content, dude. <laughs> um, Thank you. So what, like you started doing that Coachella and then what were like some of the clients you started working with after that? Um, Red Bull was right after that. That was one of my other biggest ones was, I mean, first of all, that was a huge job to get. They that f- was through Ari though. Okay. So I was still Ari recommended me to the Red Bull team and said, hey, you should hire her for something and specifically for EDC. Okay. Because that was after I left Insomniac, but it was like clear that EDC would be a good fit for my style. Yeah. So he told the Red Bull people, <clears throat> like, you should hire her for EDC. And so I went with them and then they wanted three videos. And it was a little bit of a hard uh, job for me because, like, at that point, I still wasn't, like, used to, like, a lot of restrictions from clients like when it came to visual effects and like shooting and stuff yeah um definitely with edits i'm always very comfortable with edits but like with that stuff i was still kind of new to it and like all of my normal like um tendencies or whatever like weren't gonna work under that creative because like, like your go-to trick bag yes yeah. exactly and like because rebels like it has to be action it has to be video no photo it has to be like there was a lot of certain and it can't show artists it can't show like there was a certain yeah, yeah, direction yeah. And so I was like, oh my, I was feeling stressed, right? So I got the, t- the first two videos out. They went really well. And this is you shooting and editing? Shooting and so, editing. Okay, so you're shooting more yes. through this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, and once I, it was a little bit before I started working with Ari that I was shooting. It was about a year before that. Right. Um, that I started taking that more seriously. Um, but for the Red Bull thing, so I did the first two for them. They went well. And then the third one. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm really, really, sp- I have more time on the third one because I had, you know, it was the last one, so I had an extra day or whatever. And I wanted to make it really good. And so I, I was like putting all this uh, effort into it. And it was also the, by far the toughest thing to shoot. I was shooting pretty much that the whole time. So all my eggs were definitely right. in that basket. Yeah. Um, we shot like, I don't know, 50 people doing dances in different, everything in different locations. So it was a lot. Um, and I sent it to them and they were like, wow, we've never seen such a strong third piece. I was like, 
Bam. Yeah, they were like, usually the third one's kind of like a forgotten. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh no, the third one's always gonna be the best. Right, right. Because then we have more time. Um, so that was the first video that on my page, on my Instagram, which probably had, I don't know, three, two, th- maybe even 1,000 at that time uh, followers, got 100,000 views. God damn. On my, and I was like, this is insane. Um, so that was like the first one to really pop off. And Rebel posted it. That was a lot of followers from that. Um, uh, EDC actually posted it. And they normally, or Insomniac or whatever, they normally don't tag ever. They don't tag creators. It's not what they do. But Red Bull. Swag. Yes. Super dope. Dope. Sick. Yeah. Appreciate what you're doing for the fucking culture. <laughs> Tight. <laughs> and so um, Red Bull homies like reached out to them and were like, yo. She needed a tag on this. Damn. I was like, nice. That's tight. They looked out. Rebel's dope. Yeah. Oh, they told you that? Yeah. That's so cool. Because I was like, oh, wow, they ta- they, they're cool. And we were talking, whatever. I was like, oh, yeah, they tagged me. I think it was Tyler. Shout out, Tyler. That was like, um, yeah, no, we, we reached out and we were like, you have to tag her. Yeah. Damn. And I think they did it like a week late. But so it was nice to like have that. Right. Did that boost like your following immediately? Like Huge. you were seeing Well, it? from Red Bull. Yeah. Definitely. I think it was. Um, Red Bull has so many followers and they post the <gasps> illest shit. I know. And they always tag. Yeah. They're great. That's so cool. They're great to work with. They like just no complaints about them. Right. Yeah. They're great. Um, that was a big one for sure. Hmm. What was the question? Who did you start working with after Coachella? Oh, yeah. So, okay. That, that was Red Bull. Um, I did it. Adidas again. That was through Ari. Was that the one with the shoes that flew off her feet? No, that was a that was Puma. That was more Puma. recent. Sorry, guys. Um, Adidas went to Paris for that. Again, that was through Ari. So like, I had like these big clients that were all through Ari for a little while, for maybe a couple months. So he was telling the truth about what? Just his insane amount of work and how if you quit your job, you'll be good. Exactly. Shout Absolutely. A shout out, big shout out. Uh, he's absolutely telling the truth and I absolutely was getting plenty of work maybe even more than I should have been handling right um, and my, I think my first big job that I had on my own was Yamaha and they hired me uh, they knew my roommate um, and hired me because he reposted my Coachella the drummer guy yes got it he reposted my Coachella video uh, oh no no not the drummer guy uh, Matt Meadow my other roommate he's a uh, editor-in-chief of your EDM oh shit. EDM blog okay so he knew uh, the Yamaha guy Will and Will saw my video because they were friends and Matt posted it and then um, he hired me to do some stuff for their drum uh, drum corps tourna- or uh, championship Word. in Atlanta so I was like flown out to do that job which was like dope because this this is my first one on my own so flown out to do the job. They wanted uh, two videos, actually. I made them three because I was just like, I, I want to make more. Like, How long are the videos? Like, what it was the, are they giving like a total amount of time that they need? I forget for that one, but t- I mean, typically clients are pretty chill. And but it wasn't like short bit content. It was like, we want edits. Like, is that what you were getting hired for? No, uh, they were short things, but there I don't think there was a specific amount of time. It wasn't like, it, they weren't two second videos. Right. I, I usually do a little bit more than that, but like, you know, seven or eight. Right, that's so um, dope. They like, I love it. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, so I did that one. That one went really well too. Uh, brought Ryan out, film with Ryan, shout out. Um, we shot together and then we also edited together. Uh, made three like really cool pieces from that. And then, um, and then from there, it was just kind of like things really started rolling. Yeah. After that, and I, I don't know, I'd have to look at my feed to I know, remember what. So the many heck fucking jobs I've worked on. Yeah. But it's all such impressive shit, and like it's constant. Like you guys are always doing stuff, and I love what I really love is when you show. And I just told Ari this the other day. I was like, "Yo, keep please keep posting the behind the scenes stuff of him directing fucking Tom Brady and shit like that." Oh, 
So cool. So cool. But I'm like, I love when you showcase like the process of like the shoes uh, in the the bucket thing. And you, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like what? Like it's so creative. It takes me back to like it's like art, art and craft type style shit mm-hmm. that you had to do early on, and now you guys are doing it again to try to elevate. Because no one's doing it. No one's like going out of their way like shooting shoes like that, mm-hmm. and then trying to find ways to create it in its own space and mm-hmm. build like a. You know what I mean? Like how important is it to you to showcase like? And I guess is your following now a majority of them are they like editors that aspire to be like you? Mm-hmm. So do you feel like you need to share like that process with them? Yeah, uh, definitely most of my or I don't know about most because like after Will Smith posted oh, yeah, right. there's definitely a lot of followers that were just Will Smith fans I right. think but um, a lot of followers and like active followers are video people mm-hmm. absolutely or content creators in general absolutely um, they love seeing the behind the scenes stuff as do I as do I mean yeah, everybody yeah, yeah, loves yeah. that but I feel like for most the issue for me is that for most of the projects that I work on the behind the scenes like doesn't really do it you have to see the whole edit mm-hmm. process and like in order to really see that i would have to like show the screen and also narrate and also figure out how to because i've tried and i've like started doing it and been like okay this is way too much work like to be like okay this is a cool thing because this footage looks nothing like the final product right but to explain how i got there takes a really long time and it's really hard to figure out how to tell that story without being completely scattered. Yeah. And like like tutorials are a, sk- a skill and that takes Super time. skill, it's insane. Yeah, you don't wanna just be like, oh, uh, just click this, 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 this. Like right. you wanna really tell it correctly yeah. so that people can understand it. And I don't think people fully get that. And like people are just like, why don't you do tutorials? I'm like, because I, want, I wouldn't do them poorly. I wanna do them well. Right. And I don't have that time right now. Um, but, but like that one video, the Nike video, where I showed the behind the scenes, that one I did it for because it's just, all you need is two clips. Mm. You could even do that in two photos. Boom, that is how we spun the shoes with this little ghetto, like lazy season yeah. and chopsticks, which was like so fun to make and like so ridiculous. Um, and then like a piece of fabric in a hula hoop and the video, the camera hanging from the, the tripod. Like it was so ghetto and it was so fun. And the reason I showed that is because it, all you need to do is see those two things and it's, right. you get it. Yeah, you get it. And like that simplicity does not exist for a lot of the stuff I do. Because right. like you can see how I shot it. Like, you know, a lot of times it's just a clip. Like you can see how you shot it. Yeah. But like it's the whole edit process that it takes a long time to show. Right. So like I would like to do more behind the scenes stuff. Um, but I guess it's just kind of like it has to be the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To make it really like work. Even the... Um even when you posted, you posted one like from Coachella la- this last year, I think. And you were like, I sat here for. Oh, Lost Lands. Yeah. Lost Lands. Was that what it was? Yeah. No, where I bad. sat the yeah, video yeah. game at it. For like m- so long. Oh, you yeah. like, I love it, but you break it down. It's so simple. I don't, obviously it doesn't teach you exactly how to do what you did, but right. just you describing exactly how it came to life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like, God damn, she really sat there for however long and right. did all this shit. You know what I mean? Like you break it down. I think it makes a lot of sense to people or shows dedication to the process of what you're creating. Right. And I try, like, I just try to choose that wisely. Cause like, you know, if I were to go through my feed and kind of like cherry pick, which stories are the most interesting? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. The Eiffel tower was like a pretty big video that I had that, that a lot of people like, um, what's the word? Sharon. Like, uh, recognize or whatever. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. A lot of people like remember, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, like that is not that cool of a pro- like I just did a hyperlapse I took a photo <laughs> photo 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 right. and then that, and then I ran 
back to the car. Like it wasn't really that interesting. And then it was like, okay, yeah, I stabilized it. Okay, right. it's not that interesting. And then like I, you know, did some effect. I keyed out the sky. I don't know if anybody was confused about that. I keyed out the sky because it was perfectly blue, and I yeah. just boom, keyed it out. And then I just messed with the uh, the Eiffel Tower and like put some effects on it. But like that, I think is something that people can figure out on their own. Right. I don't think it's that interesting. Needs someone to hold your hand for that shit. Exactly. And it, and if you don't know, if you can't possibly figure out how I did it, then there's like steps that you should take before. Like, I'm not the first step, I don't think. Right. I don't think that I'm the page you go to if you're like, wait, how do you take a hyperlapse? Right. I don't want to teach people that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think once people already know that and like have a base. The more technical version comes from you. Right. And then they can they can already see, okay, well, I know how she shot that. That's right. not a trick. Right. I know she probably keyed out this guy. That's not a trick. So like, I don't I don't think I need to explain yeah. that specifically. But like the, the shoe one. I would not know how somebody did that no. unless I was the one doing it. Right. So I think that one is like more interesting. It's so cool. Thanks. I'm like, hold on, Dave, you're using the mouse, which is controlling my Mac. <laughs> my computer just went. <laughs> I know he's trying to shut off the buzzing sound. There's like a sound thing that you can just hit the top and it mutes that computer. My discord be blowing up, you know, um, when you, when you got into like, I mean, just this last year at Coachella, that was the first time you guys, you worked with Will, right? Yes. So crazy, crazy. And I, you told me about the story of how it came to life or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it, if I remember it correctly, my brain sucks, but you said Mm -hmm. that you guys like knew there might be a window that you could shoot with them. Mm -hmm. And then you thought he was leaving, I think. And then he came back. Yeah. Is that what it was? uh, Basically. So, um, the Westbrook people, they're the people that make all the content for, uh, Will Smith and Jada and Willow and Jaden, all them. Um, they are like a production company and they hit me up about a separate job and while that was like a week before Coachella I think and I was like oh hey by the way we're gonna be at Coachella like are you guys gonna be there by any chance and they were like oh yeah Will's gonna be there the second weekend he would love to shoot something like if you're down and I was like yeah if we're down literally of course like obviously so I was like we will make time 100% and it was weekend two so it was like weekend one would have been hectic and this is you and Ari me and Ari right Um, but weekend two is like pretty much everything's done so like we were pretty much chilling um, and we were like absolutely we'll be there we met up with them at the Sahara tent uh, because Jaden was performing and so we were like okay the, the big question was do we shoot before he goes on or after and that was like there was a lot of stuff to juggle it was like okay well lighting wise and shadow wise like what's the move what do we want to push for but also what is will going to be down for we don't right, know right also where are we shooting because if we're doing like a video that's involving a lot of masking then we need the background to stay relatively consistent and right. we need the lighting to stay relatively consistent or else we're gonna have to mask literally every single thing out and that's going to be a lot of work yeah because if it's staying perfectly the same then we just do feathered right, masks right. and we'll be fine because uh, we were shooting on a tripod so it was like this big thing of like when is it going to happen we we were trying to push for it before because we thought it might be too dark after and then it turned out he wasn't going to do it before so we we're like okay well our decision's made that's good we found a spot backstage where it was like secluded or we found that spot awesome it was like secluded enough that we knew we'd be able to get what we needed um and so after Jaden performed Sadeo, who's one of the Westbrook guys was like hey so like Will's kind of tired and I don't know if he's gonna be down even though they already like he's like just hang tight so we we're like we're here like as long as yeah, you need right. us. so he I think Will went to chill for just like a minute 
uh, and then walked right over and he was ready and he's like he you know introduced himself super nice as nice as you can imagine and then like times 10 right. super nice guy yeah. uh, and he's like hey so is it okay if uh, if Jada comes too nah. can we have two people <laughs> We're like, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Um, and, and actually, I should mention that before that, we sent them a reference because they wanted to know what we were going to do so that they could show Will. And like, they didn't yeah. want us just there like, hmm, what are we going to shoot? Right. Like, they wanted us to know yeah, yeah, and yeah. have a plan. So we actually did a test earlier that day. Um, Ari had a test from a couple years before of a similar thing. And then we did another test with that camera at Coachella uh, earlier in the day and we sent them those as references we're like this is our idea yeah, yeah so yeah. it'd be you know Will doing this whatever Will really liked it he was super down and that's why he wanted to like push to do it right even though he was like exhausted so soldier so, straight soldier he, content soldier yes, content king exactly he's just down he's a legend he's like right what now. do we gotta do to make it happen like let's and seeing interviews with him too like he's just down yeah uh, which is like all you could ever ask for right really. so he was like, hey, can Jada come too? We are like, absolutely. So we had them both. Um, and to answer the question about how we shot it, we basically had a 360 camera in the middle on a tripod. And then they just walked around it. We had them do all different, you know, poses, little dances, stuff like that. And it took us three minutes to shoot the whole thing. Right, in and out. In and out. Um, I think at first we had them go around, you know, stand here to a pose. You know, move your arms, stand here to a pose, go close to the camera, look in the camera, do a little dance, whatever. And then that was it. And we wanted to be quick because yeah. we knew that like this was, you know, they don't want to sit here all day. Right. So we tried to be quick. And then as we're walking away, Ari shows uh, Jada the reference video. And he's like, oh, I don't know if they showed you, but this is the effect that we're going to do. And she's, she's like, she slows down and stops and she's looking at it. She's like, oh, that is so cool. She's like, wait, I want to do a cartwheel. And we're like, oh, yeah, you can do a cartwheel. So they went back. The camera was still recording. They w- they walked back and they did dances and they did cartwheels and they did all this wow. stuff because they just wanted to. Yeah, They're you just awesome. had to like showing showing the reference helps so much Absolutely. just to get the idea of like what's possible. Yeah, because like until then know. they're they're blind. They yeah. don't know what they're doing. They're just like, okay, wh- why yeah. am I dancing? Like, Maybe if they go like too far, do they think they're fucking up your edit? You know what I mean? Like right, they don't right. really understand. Right, and like as a director, that's your job is to guide them and tell them what you actually want. Yeah. And, like, you know, sometimes what it's going to look like, you don't always have that opportunity to say, here's the video, this is what it's going to look like. But if you do, you should do it. Right. You know, because it's, it's really helpful. And I love, um, he, you know, he, po- I remember seeing him, he posted it. I'm like, oh shit. Cause he like literally calls you guys out in the caption, like, yo, you two are fucking ridiculously talented. Like he says that shit in, on his Instagram. Yeah. Saying these are amazing editors. Or yeah. What he said, but like getting a tag is difficult. Getting somebody to uh, somebody as big as Will Smith to specifically say this is a good editor, like that's like doesn't happen. That's crazy. That's crazy. No, and like that's crazy. shout out to his to him, of course, and to his whole team for running an amazing Instagram and for like making that a place where people can find content. Yeah, fire you know, content. I've definitely found content from there. And like yep. you know, Jazz Aiden Shrimp Daddy does these like really funny edits of like have you seen the the Tatiana one? With where like Will? Will's like twerking and then he cuts out and he goes all around the world. No. Oh, it's really funny. I didn't see it. Yeah, they're they have great and Dr. Fakenstein. Um, God, these names are so good. I know, right? These are such good stage names. Dr. Fakenstein's a deep fake guy. Oh, word. Yeah. I'm like I, I think the way he's attacked social media, you know what I mean? Especially his longevity in this industry and like having been a legend for so long and then just like nah I'm not fucking with the internet and then out of nowhere he's like guess what I'm gonna fuck with the internet and he's gonna fuck with it the hardest because that's him the hardest mm-hmm. 
of course he's going to be working with you guys, mm-hmm. which is dope. And then the way that push you told me like it, it blew up your Instagram. All of a sudden you're getting hit, hit up by companies and people nonstop wanting to hire you. And you're mm-hmm. like, I can't even handle all this shit. Mm-hmm. What a great position to be in. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And like, that's, I mean that I'm super, super thankful for that. And like, I'm still working with them and like, I, of course I want to continue working with them. Not only because, I mean, he's just a fun, he's a nice guy, but he's just a fun subject to work with. And yeah. Ari and I just shot another thing with him. Hell yeah. So we're going to be doing that. Dope. Probably editing soon once my computer yeah, is R- back. RIP. RIP. No, it's okay. Did you see my... It I, survived the yeah. rodeo? Yeah. What, what was wrong with it? They don't... So I, I brought it to Apple and they said, oh, so we don't know if it's the hardware or the software, but our next step is to erase your whole drive. No. I was like, um... I saw them write in capital letters last night, do not erase this drive. They called me the next morning. Oh yeah, so we see that you're all backed up, so we're gonna erase it. I was like, no, like you're not reading it. Anyway, so then I went in there and they said, yeah, we don't know if it's the hardware or the software, but we're gonna erase it. I was like, first of all, who says that? Can they save it? So I brought it to a data recovery. I don't even know if the, the drive might have been fine, honestly, but I didn't wanna risk it. Right. So I just brought it, I was just like, I'm not gonna try to reinstall the OS. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm not gonna touch it. Yeah. So like I brought it in. It cost me six hundred bucks. But God damn. I know, but it was worth it because I'm not losing projects. Projects. It and, was one specific project. Really? That was I spent so much time on, and it's just a fun. It was just personal. It's not a client. All my client project is on right. drives, but it was just a personal project. It was stupid of me not to back it up, but I had so much time sunk into it, and the problem was I couldn't just re-download the footage because. It's so it's a like a million photos of this mural. Do you know Dumbfound Dead? No. He's a rapper, uh, K Town rapper, and he, he has a mural and it just got vandalized. And so I was like, I've been wanting to do this like specific idea with this mural forever. And so I was like, Can you set up an email? He's like a friend of a friend, whatever. So I was like, Set up an email um, or like get people to send you photos of the mural, and I'm gonna put all of them together hundreds of pictures so there literally there's an email set up hundreds of emails went through every single one of them downloaded all the pictures God damn. stabilized it perfectly so every picture is at a different angle stabilized it perfectly so the eyes the nose the mouth is in the exact same part of the frame for every single thing so like you have to like puppet it and like pull the frame you can't just like so that it can, are you saying so it can like fly through all the photos and it's always set yeah in the middle okay and then his it'll probably be out by the time it this comes up so I'll just tell you but Mm -hmm. then I had him send me a clip of him saying the lyrics to a song and then I tracked his face and then made the mural move while it's flickering so it was like a shitload of work and I was like I am not losing I'm not building this again but like I'm also not dropping it because it's really cool I don't want to like so that was like really I think the main reason that I wanted it and I'm sure there's a bunch of watch that blow video blow up that video's gonna be that would so be, big. That would be really nice. You should post your shit on Twitter. I feel like Twitter's like where you should live because that's <sighs> such an easy way to like go viral. People retweet um, all sh- all kinds of shit like that. Yeah. Instagram, they share it, but it's shared privately. You know what I mean? I haven't like, had a lot of luck with Twitter. Really? Phineas, though. You know, Billie Eilish's brother. Yeah. Phineas, he reposted one of my videos that's dope. on Twitter. Was like, that's pretty tight. He didn't retweet me, though. He just posted it on his own. It is what it is. Yeah. So I got to put the little, the little Cash Bunny logo I on the did. corner. I did. I put you the did? watermark. See, it's mm-hmm. over with. It's Shout good. out Corey, my roommate, for telling me to do that. Yeah, that's smart. I like so so um, I know we got to wrap up soon. I um, How long has it been? Hour 40. Dang. Yeah, we're doing This is a good one. It's a long one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's all good. You got a story to tell. It's fucking fire, though. It's crazy. <laughs> okay, awesome. What a fucking wild ass ride. I know. It's from like. From being a, a Broadway actress. Yeah, from Broadway actress. <laughs> 
<laughs> all the way from Broadway. All the way from Broadway. All the way from Jersey Shore. Do you feel Jersey like um, the challenges, I mean, for you as an editor, like what, what do you struggle with the most as far as like pushing yourself in the boundaries of editing? Like you don't want to get caught into like one specific niche but at Definitely. the same time, your niche is making you a lot of money and it, it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. So how do you find a balance? Like what is, what's your plan for that shit? Um, I feel like my, like, I feel like my style, I'm very uh, cautious of b- being like a very widespread of different things. Like yeah. I have kind of shorter videos that loop and then I have like much longer videos where it's like more like sound design and now I'm starting to do more of just straight edits of like the interview stuff. Um, and I try to keep it mixed so that it's never like, so that my audience, quote unquote, like stays used to, okay, if she posts another video, it's going to be something that it definitely wasn't last time. Right. Like they don't like expect yeah, 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 certain yeah. things because I think that can get, get people in trouble sometimes. No, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, thanks for bringing me to uh, Jada's MTV Music Video You're Wars. welcome. That, that was, was fun. fun. Yeah, I know. I was glad cause she hit me up and she was like, can you come? And I was like, yep. I was, I don't know what it's for, whatever, but <laughs> like, I just wanted to meet you. Cause I'm like, it's so annoying to be even Levi. Levi came yesterday and yeah. like, we have known each other for a minute, but never met. Mm-hmm. So I like, do finally, we fucking get to meet in real life. I'm like, yeah, we, there needs to be a whole little, we need to have like some secret layer type shit where all the creators are getting together that are murdering shit and just right? like share ideas and stuff. That'd be dope. I know. So we'll start that probably soon. So I would love to start that. <laughs> I guess we could use this space for now and try to get at least like eight people in here. Yes. Um, all right. So I know you asked you asked your audience to ask you a bunch of questions, and we have the Q and A experience afterwards. But I'll I'm gonna just ask like two of these because okay. this is long. I know. Um, but I'm gonna see which one's fire. I, okay. I highlighted a couple. Uh, what's more important? This is from tw- one two zero Renz. I don't know. What's more important to succeed? Quality content and skills or social abilities to find contracts? Great question. And I thought about this one uh, last night. So, okay, wait. So his question is content versus connections, basically, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I think that it depends what you want to be. Because I think if your content is good enough, really really good enough you don't really need the connections Mm. if your connections are really good enough you don't really need the content most people are somewhere in between yeah but i think it's like what you want to be known for because there's plenty of people who are just influencers and like just post selfies right and that's totally fine and then there are other people who don't try to do any like actually joe peas are you familiar with him why do i know that name he's a sick visual effects guy okay he is a great example of like he really does i mean not that i don't see him putting in like effort to necessarily like do a bunch of hashtags and like do like he's not trying to hustle but like he's got a following because his stuff is just so good right and i think he's a great example of like that side of it Mm. um whereas you know then there's influencers with millions of followers who are just posting selfies that's what i don't understand it's like why the fuck do these people get to be glorified and then you have forty thousand followers on instagram yeah or whatever however many you have i don't know but that's fucking doesn't make sense to me it's crazy millions millions just to see a selfie of just them in the morning. And when this shit gets shared on people that have millions of followers channels, their fans love this shit, but they're not like going out of their way to like seek cool stuff like this. That's visually stimulating. They just mm-hmm. want to see like the fucking beach photos or some dumb, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm not even going to get into that. Um, this is another question. 
this uh, Sandro, I don't know how to spell any of your followers' names or how to say it, but I don't know how to say anyone's names. So shout out to me. Um, <laughs> Sandro Garsals <laughs> says, don't you hate spend so many hours a day in front of your computer? I think that question. I have trained myself to become a computer addict in a pretty major way, actually. Ooh, this leads me to the last one of the points that I didn't make that I want to make. Let's do it. Is that I define myself as an alcoholic and I go to AA and I've gone to AA for two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah, coming up on three in September. And um, yeah, drinking. That means you're two years sober? Two, year, two and a half years sober. A little Tight. bit over two years, yeah. Um, Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, drinking was like, I was partying a lot. I was drinking a lot, like always a blackout drunk. Yeah. All the time. Straight rage. And so there was, yeah. So there was no room for being a creator. Right. There just wasn't room. There was no room, especially to have equipment and a camera and like to be out at a festival. Are you kidding me? Like being drunk, wasted yeah. at a festival with thousands of dollars of equipment. It just wasn't going to happen. Right. And so I quit drinking and what I kind of replaced that obsession with was video. Yeah. And was, you know, if I would go out to the club or to whatever, like when I really first stopped drinking, it was still in the party scene, like pretty heavy. Um, I would just bring my iPhone. I had a really cool case that had different lenses on it. And it was like a waterproof case. So I could get really, really creative with it. And that was kind of my replacement. And so now it's been more time. I don't really party as much anymore. But that, I feel like my like addiction to alcohol kind of like manifested into like a computer like an after effects basically addiction which it's harder to to get drunk off that well yes but it's harder (laughs) to like kick that habit because with alcohol it's very easy to point to it and say that was not a fun thing that was not a good i didn't make good decisions yeah when you're working a lot that's that's a good thing yeah so it's hard and that's why like i'm constantly blowing people off and i'm constantly like hold up in my room because i just keep i want to work 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 it's taken months to get this podcast interview by the it way has. she and literally said my computer's broken so this is the, let's go this is the time this is my the time com- yeah and like these last few days have honestly been pretty great because i'm like wow i can't work i feel like that's a super important thing to like and we've discussed like depression from creative depression all this shit it it all adds up and I feel like it's very important to exercise the idea of like separating yourself or creating a boundary from your work because it's so easy to just like that's uh, it's a whole other topic but it's like Mm -hmm. you can really get obsessed with shit and it's just not bad to be working but it's like yo it's also important to like stand up and walk around and breathe and fucking (sighs) talk about shit that's not just this or you know what I mean like it helps I know it does and like it's really hard to get that in my head because I just so love doing it and like I feel guilty it's a it's not a good feeling but like I do feel guilty when I'm not at my computer if I can work then I want to work I feel yeah I feel that's fuck that's weird I feel the same way like not being here or not being active with this shit like it's like god I could watch like tv right now right why exactly and it's like I I feel guilty but so I think that that's kind of like you know uh, I I consider myself addicted definitely because like the minute my computer broke it was almost like a weight lifted a little bit yeah and I was like I took my dog or my roommate's dog to the park this morning I like I went to two AA meetings yesterday damn I never do that I usually go to one a week but I haven't been in months right and I went to two yesterday because I didn't have a computer Jesus Christ it's like kind of messed up yeah but but it's also good that you don't necessarily need to be there all the time anymore because you find your replacement I mean I never needed to be there all the time it's just like with like that with AA it's not drinking becomes a very small part of it and right. it's really more about it's kind of like group therapy totally. you just talk about like your issues and like yeah, how yeah. you're dealing with 
anger and shit like right. that. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Thanks cool. for sharing. I recommend it. And if anybody wants to ask me about it, please do. So do you get one of those chips? Yes. Do you want to see it? Yeah. Do you have it here? Yes. She's getting the chip, everyone. While we wrap this up, I'll ask you more of those questions. So we do a Patreon only Q&A experience with every single guest for all of our Patreon members that support there. This is it. Oh, I have both. There's two? What do they stand for? That's one year and that's two years. Can I see? Yes. Can I just yeah. take a picture and have Justin post it on our thing? Absolutely. These are cool. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um. Damn. Shout out to you. Two shout years. Shout out to my AA homies. That's dope. Um. All right. So, pay, so I'm going to ask you questions. It's for our Patreon people. It's separate. I'm going to ask. I'll ask more of your the people that sent you questions and stuff okay. like that too. But um, before we leave, okay. I always do this thing. You already know the about hashtag. It. the hashtags. I know. You are, did you have one planned? Yes. Okay, so here's the rules so people listening know what to do because you're the first person that's ever had something planned. That's pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> Everyone, I'm a big fan. Wait, yeah, I'm a, that, shout out Black Widow Cream. Thank you. Shout out to everybody in this room. Yep. Y'all are amazing and yeah. doing the Lord's work. Damn okay. it. Only God knows. It's true. Um, I'm a big fan. Okay, so if you're listening and you made this far, an hour 46 into the podcast, is a good this good chunk of time. <laughs> uh, not our longest, but it's a good one. Uh, go, you have to go Cash Bunnies, Instagram whatever the most recent post she made go there and you're going to tag me at Ben Rovers world and then put this hashtag that she's about to say so that we both know that you made it this far into the podcast and you're a fucking real one for listening to this shit and you're now going to say your prepared hashtag <laughs> is that is that cheesy nope nope doesn't matter hashtag cash rules everything around me Ooh, Cream. damn fully prepared <laughs> and it came fully far prepared. every single person I just said this like yesterday or this morning I was like we need to make a montage of like everyone getting put on the spot and they're and like, like uh, and they just sit there and it's like the worst <laughs> cash rules everything around me C-A-C-H-E spell it C-A-C-H-E dope I fucking like that thank you and our Instagram's cash underscore bunny thank you um cool fuck well this was an awesome ass interview thank you for sharing the fucking story thank you for letting me this is so cool that like people actually have an outlet i've seen so many of these and i've learned so much like from other people's stories but i've learned about other creators that i didn't know about it's crazy roxana yep she's great she's my homie now really well not in real life on instagram yeah but shout out (laughs) internet's tight right i know that's fucking crazy there's too many too many people that's what i love about it i'm like i always feel underwhelmed because i'm like or overwhelmed. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I always, there's just like, every time we're not, we are doing interviews, I'm like, fuck, we should be doing like way more. It's a lot of work. No, no, no. It's a lot of work. I think you're doing a great amount. Cool. And I think you're doing so much more than other people. Like whenever I see somebody start a podcast, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be done in like a month. Yeah. And you guys are not. This is, this is happening. It's a real wall. I wish you guys could see. This is happening yeah, for got, sure. If you're listening, switch over to the video just to see what we look like. She got yes. her hair down for this shit. So. I did. I got a haircut. Looking Thank good. You. Nice. Nice. Um, all right, cool. So we're going to end it with that and we're going to switch over to the Patreon Q&A. And if you want to listen to that, it's on patreon.com slash black cream. And how do you want to end this? I don't know. Oh, that I didn't come up with. Got her. Hey. <laughs> stumped. I'm not going to talk. Stumped. How do you want to end it? That's all you're going to say is a stump? Yeah, straight stump. Oh, all right, cool. Stump. All right, switch over to the Patreon thing. Thanks for listening. Uh, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Okay. I didn't it. go before this. My fault. Do Give it me up. a second. This is fucking great. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's it for the Cash Bunny interview. Thank you for listening to it. If you want to hear the Q&A experience, it is available on our Patreon. We talked to Cash for another 15 minutes, I think. Um, so uh, what the fuck is the website? Patreon.com slash Black Cream. You can find it there. You get access to the How to Charge a Client Guide. All that other stuff is there. Um, and definitely check out our merch 
Okay, I think everyone's sleeping on it. This hat is fire. I wear this hat every single day. Um, and I think we're gonna roll out some new stuff soon. So get it while it's hot. Otherwise, we're gonna run out and, and not bring a lot of those pieces back. So shop bwnc.com. New episodes every single Wednesday and Sunday. Thank you guys for being a, a fucking subscriber or a listener, whatever you consider yourself. Um, and definitely join our community, which is bwnc.com slash join. So you can get, you know, be part of that shit and be fucking lit as fuck. All right, we out, later.